What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Meaning of Podcast. I am Ace. This is RB3. And this is the podcast where we talk about your favorite filmmakers and the deeper meaning within their films. However, for the first time ever in Meaning Podcast history, we are diving into a television show. Oh. Now, if you, um, this is my disclaimer, even though it's not really a disclaimer. If you haven't seen Atlanta, feel free to keep listening. We're, not, we're gonna get into different themes of the show, but we're not necessarily trying to talk about every single moment that happens in every single episode. So don't worry about being spoiled too much or being ruined from watching the show. Feel free to keep listening. Feel free to enjoy what we have to say about the show and the general themes of the show. Yeah, and it's not like the show is like, you know, like serialized like a lot of shows. Well, it's pretty serialized, but it's mostly each episode is like its own adventure. So it, like- it, it has characters that reoccur within every episode, but it's very much not quite like Black Mirror, which is all like one, you know, every episode is one different thing but it's very much a one-off episode every time so there's not usually a continuation of a storyline within an episode meaning the show is more a central theme throughout the season and then different episodes that kind of relate back to that theme would you agree with that i agree with that Yeah. yeah so so feel free to keep listening and enjoy this episode it's gonna be a fun one but before we do that and we dive into the show. We're going to dive into last week's comments where we talked about Avengers Infinity War spoiler review. And uh, RB3 and I had some hot takes back and forth. And uh, we're here to say that we're officially broken up. Whoa. Uh, we're like the Beatles. Oh, it's no. Over. <laughs> RB3 and I are no longer on speaking terms. Oh, this is nah, the only time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's how Marvel movies just divide us, bro. Yeah. No, but seriously, man, you guys are slightly passionate. Uh, y'all, y'all Twitter peeps are, are pretty passionate. Yeah. Oh, too. by the way, I know you. Were all you motherfuckers so. on Twitter, man. Like, I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw tweeted some shit about DC or whatever. I saw the tweet, um, but I, that's kind of all. Dude, I'm telling you, all fucking week, the DC fanboys have been like trying to eat my ass out, man. Like, they've been like. They've been going in, you know, talking about whatever, whatever. I don't give a fuck. All right. For all you DC fans out there, and listen, it's not all DC fans, but all the DCU fans, I'm blocking everybody on Twitter who has a superhero as their profile picture from now on. That's what I'm doing. I'm tired of this that, shit. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, they don't deserve to be fucking acknowledged. So, but yeah, I I will never understand people's hate for super. I don't know, man. It's so trivial. It's like, man, why are you getting so worked up about that? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it's just, just funny because I made a off. joke and they're like, "Oh, you, you, you know, it's yeah, like, whatever." Man, I, I can right. go on and on about the freaking toxicity of the nerd culture that has become what it is now because it's freaking populated the entire world. Because I mean, back in the day, back in my day, kids, when being a nerd was actually a bad thing, <laughs> <laughs> and you would get bullied in school. Um, people, you know, it was fun to talk about different opinions and people, but now that there's so many people involved, yeah. I feel like it's reached uh, the bottom portions of our society. <laughs> yeah, and that D- D- DCU Twitter is like the worst place. And I, uh, and I agree, and I, and, 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 and I'm, I, I, I was talking to my friend and my brother about it. Like DC is always going to be my go-to super, like at the end of the day, I was, I was thinking about it the other day where I was going to go see Avengers Infinity War and I was like, I'm going to go wear my Avengers shirt or something. And then I realized like, as, as I was going through my closet, I'm like, there's my Batman shirt, there's my Superman shirt, 
There's my other Batman shirt. There's my other Superman shirt. There's my other Superman shirt. There's my other Batman shirt. And I was like, crap, I love DC like way more. (laughs) But uh, unfortunately, some of the movies haven't been up to par, aka Justice League. Um, and Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I sure. almost kind of feel like it would be funny if I just, like, just once a week, I just tweet something, like, super controversial, and then, like, just, just we, we just read, like, one of the, the those motherfuckers, like, <laughs> going off, man. Like, yeah, that wouldn't I, be too bad, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know. Some of these tweets is funny, man. I feel like ugh, it's going to go into a whole society conversation about this, so let's... Let's read the Get right into first. the comments. We're starting with Lou Bloom, who's on your side. Oh, and shit. And he said, I one know. Of, one of the only. <laughs> there, there was like four or five I, I found that was on your side out of the like 36 comments we got. Um, he says, I agree with a lot of what RB, RB3 says. The stakes are meaningless and this isn't the leftovers. Come on, Ace. Do you really think, do you really believe Marvel will do an exploration on grief and how people cope with the unexplainable and how they expect me to buy into the deaths if they can't keep... Thor one-eyed for one movie. Uh, to answer you, Lou, yes, I do believe they will do that. If CW shows can do that, I'm pretty sure Marvel can deal with how Tony Stark and how everyone left alive deals with that grief. I, I honestly do believe that. I think that's fun and it's very much an exploratory region of a character. And it's also growth for a character, right? Where the next movie, we can see how the Avengers that are left react. That's my opinion. Obviously, it's not RB3s, but it's my opinion. Um, and I've seen, I was catching up on a lot of different TV shows, and there's so many different times. Like, one of my favorite all-time shows, and I know you probably haven't seen it, Supernatural. But, no, but it. it's, it's, it's season three, the season three finale for anyone who hasn't seen Supernatural. You know, the main character dies, right? Spoiler alert, but oh, it's been shit. out for like 10, 15 years. Um, <laughs> and obviously, he's not going to stay dead. He's the main character of the show, um, so, but the, the exploration he has coming back in season four and the way his brother reacts is some of the best arcs we get in season four. And it's really complete, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So yes, Lou, I do believe that. And that's, that's your one positive comment. Yeah. My one positive comment. <laughs> e- e- hey, Lou Bloom, I agree with you, bro. And yeah, you're, you're very right about the Thor. They can't even keep Thor's eye gone from one movie. The so. Thor's eye, it's always going to be, I agree with that. It's always going to be dumb and roll your eyes every time they do like a practical thing where it's like the actor doesn't want to wear an eye patch. Let's write it into the script and, and undo what we did in the last. And I was just like, oh. they un- they rather undo something they previously wrote into a previous film. Then just say, hey, Chris, I know it sucks, but suck it up kind of thing. Yeah. I just say all the trailers had him with the eye patch too, though. So Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. But I'm saying like I, I, on a practical level, like an actor doesn't want to wear an eye patch is kind of what it is. And he's like, let me wear my eyes. Let's write it into the script. Yeah. And it's. it's they know. still have to fucking like CGI his eye some kind of way to make it look stupid. Yeah. They can just CGI an eye patch on him or. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> ZP Program says, I, hunter, I 100% agree with Ace on this one. That being said, RB3's takes was extremely refreshing, and I love how he challenged my thoughts on the movie. If anything, it convicted me more on why I love the movie, because it forced me to truly understand my own counter-arguments. That's a really nice comment. Thank you, ZP. <laughs> That's, uh, thank you. Yeah, he thanks, he thanks, says that ZP. he disagrees with you. That you but, uh, took but some insight from it. But he took some insight from yeah. it. So that's that's a nice comment. Uh, Alex G says, I listened to the Collider.com podcast where the guys were crapping all over the movie. Then I listened to Collider Heroes where the sweaties were 100% positive. I needed to hear both sides collide and you guys brought out the balance. Thumbs up. 
Thank you, Alex G. That's another nice comment. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you're picking out the. the, I, know. the, the I swear, I'm just Jesus going Christ. down the list, guys. This is all the comments you guys had. And with that being said, that's the last comment we read. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean there was a lot of comics that says that says our RB3 is crazy. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the movie, but it's just because there's a people people like the movie. I, I think it's fine. I just think people need to calm down. If someone doesn't like the movie or doesn't appreciate it, you don't. Oh, I do like TV. it. I do like so, it. I made, I made like that it <laughs> By the way, I saw one dude who was like, he gave it a D plus. That's not true. A six in a, a for me, a six is a high score. For yeah. me, a six is a. That's for, personally, uh, I agree with the guy. <laughs> nah, dude. A six I, is a low score. Nah, man. dude. Six is high. If if anything, I mean, for Rotten Tomatoes, if you give it a six, that's a positive that's review. That's true. That's very true. So I I think that's fucking you know a six, six and a half. I'll even go. I saw it. I saw an IMAX 3D, and that experience helped bump it up a little bit. I'd go as far as almost give it a seven, you know, yeah. almost. Um, but to me, a seven is not like a, a C minus. Ready movies is also really. It's always yeah. difficult to do that. Yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, people just throw out tens, nines. Like, I'm not the type of person to just do that. So, like, I, I definitely, I am. <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I, so I feel, I feel like, I feel like the number system. And by the way, to me, if if you see a seven. So most people see seven is in like a letter grade, seventy percent, like a C minus. For me, that's like a strong B, you know, for a movie, for a movie sure. score. Uh, because if you're like a one or a two, like that's definitely like not watchable. But if you're like, if you're in the three to like five range, it's like watchable but not bad for me at least. But like six and seven, that's like I had a good, I had a good time. I so feel I, like I, that's how that's how I land on. There's I've been scores. I've been like a, any of you guys listening. I've been like obsessed with this movie like on a hardcore level. Like I've been like dissecting it in different levels and thinking about it and like like coming up with theories about it. Coming up like I swear I'm nerding out so hard about this movie. But but one of the things that that I keep going back to is what are your expectations coming in a movie and what are your previous encounters with what you're seeing on screen is going to be a key indicator into how you ingest the movie i guess is what i'm saying so putting that into simple terms my connection to these characters to the 10th degree is what kind of pulled me into enjoying this film on a gigantic scale and the more i broke it down the more i was like there's other movies that are better and if you really take all those elements out of the movie it's an average movie but me coming into the movie with all these expectations and connections and fulfillments and geek out moments it's it's more like endorphins making me feel happy and making me feel pleased of what i'm seeing on screen as a result of my childhood and as a result of like me feeling this like joy i guess is what i'm saying so so i guess what i'm trying to say is depending who you are you're gonna rate this type of movie very differently than someone else i guess i guess is what i'm saying and that's okay guys it's fine it's Okay, <laughs> it's a yeah. movie, guys. Let's chill out. Um, uh, Mike Ags one twenty one says, "Hey Ace, I'm a big Agents of Shield fan myself. Hey, there's one. <laughs> I love Agents of Shield. Yeah, I don't even so. know if Marvel Studios is a fan of Agents. Oh of no, they are not a fan of Agents of Shield. <laughs> Just watch the show and you'll know that they're not a fan of Agents of Shield. Um, yeah. With that being said, guys, let's jump into this episode, which is all about Atlanta." FX's Atlanta, not the city Atlanta. Um, every time I, t- I was telling you, like when I type in Atlanta, and they were like, the city? And I'm like, no, the damn show, bro. Like, <laughs> like talking back to Google. Um, so we're talking about Atlanta, but we're also talking about Donald Glover, who um, is 
in the news somewhat because he has a new Han Solo movie coming out, which a lot of people, including yeah. myself, are calling Lando a Star Wars story. <laughs> because to be fair, like, I think that's that would have the movie. What's up? He's the biggest selling point of the movie. He's the biggest far. selling point of the movie, but also it would have been a much more interesting take to do a minor character's background than do like the biggest Star Wars character of all time and try to imitate that with Harrison Ford. I mean, to me, that's such a. I can get into that as well, where it's like, why would they do a Han Solo movie when it's like, you're you're never going to fulfill the footsteps of Harrison Ford, yeah. and you're never going to fully satisfy the mystery of a background of a character, like Han Solo, right? Like, there's not a lot of people who were asking for that. Whereas, like, a Lando background, you'd be like, cool. I mean, he's a cool side character, so I would like to know his background. I don't yeah. know, to me, that would have been a much better idea for a movie. But also, I'm, just, I'm not a fan of the the Star Wars prequels, like any of them, including Rogue One. I mean, Rogue One's cool. Rogue One's by far the best out of like yeah. any prequel they ever made. Um, but even that one is like, all right, it was cool, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. Prequels are tough to do. I, I'm okay with prequels. I just feel like if you're, why do it for the biggest character ever in Star Wars? Well, like, they already did it with, with the, most... the, the the other biggest character, Darth Vader. Sure, but that's, it, it, it's that. different because he's a guy in a mask versus Harrison Ford, superstar. Everyone knows his face. Everyone knows his voice. Everyone knows his personality, his mannerisms. Like you're always gonna fall short. Like no matter what you do, it's Harrison Ford. You know what I'm saying? Like it's difficult to imitate that without imitating it and still remain true and not. There's a million different things that I hope, hopefully, they find the balance in this movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Donald Glover has his movie coming out, which is Lando Star Wars Story. And you're right, dude. Like, he's the biggest selling point. Like, everyone's talking about, you know, his new music video, This Is America. Everyone's talking about SNL. Like, he's. Atlanta, the show. Atlanta, the yeah. show. Like, he's taking over. Like, I was telling you before we started recording, on like a. a and like a scale where I'm like, everything he touches is turning to gold. And it's kind of crazy and cool because I like the guy and I've been following him for years. We're going to talk about how long we've been following him. But at the same time, it's crazy to see like this guy just freaking take on the world and making stuff that a lot of people are enjoying to the point where it's like he's not even like if you say what's what's the most what's the biggest movie he's ever done? You'd be like, uh. I don't know. <laughs> it isn't The Martian. It, it, yeah, that's that's probably yeah. it. But even that, it's like he has like a couple lines. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's not even a big movie star or, or a guy who was in a cool movie taking over the culture. It's it's a guy who who's made a TV show and made some music that's taking over the culture. Yeah, I mean, he's been in this business probably um, longer than most people. No, have, have, I agree, and, yeah. So I I'm just saying that I think it's funny how like if someone who doesn't know Donald Glover, you would say... Like, oh, what movie has he done? It's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's not really movie. It's more like he's just been in, in, ingrained in internet culture and just culture in general. Yeah, yeah. And I think that definitely started out back when he uh, was writing for uh, for 30 Rock mm-hmm. back in, uh, you know, back, I think it was like 2002, 2003 or something like that. But if you read, uh, if you read uh, Tiffany, uh, not Tiffany, who, who's the girl who does uh, uh, 30, 30 Rock, the main the main chick. Uh, is it Tina Fey? Tina Fey. Yeah. Tina Fey. If you read her book, she she talks about like um, recruiting like Donald Glover while he was still like 21 living in like his NYU dorm room. Um, and he was the youngest writer they had at like NBC at the time or something like that. So uh, And he would often write for the character of uh, of, uh, of of Jack Lemmon uh, okay. because they're both, I believe they're both from, uh, like the, the character is from Stone Mountain, um, Aladdin, Aladdin, Georgia. A lot. Atlanta, Georgia, 
Um, so he would often write like about his character and family, like backstory like that. So he was a story editor as well. So he was part of the writer's room to begin with on that, um, which led him ultimately to like getting the landing that part on community um, that like he became like pretty big off of uh, as well. Um, and I just think that's super fascinating that at the same time that he, I mean, he grew up doing like comedy troops and stuff like that. Like, so mm-hmm. he was big in like comedy, stand up comedy, improv comedy, and like, and, and, and like the New York, uh, NYU, uh, kind of scene. Um, and he even had like his own like web series back way back in the day, too. So, um, going, going from that and then moving on to community put him, I think, on like a whole nother, uh, stratosphere, even though community wasn't that popular and got canceled and brought back a, a, a bunch of times after like, you know Chevy uh, Chevy Chase left and all that stuff. He still managed to find his place and 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 his voice in that. He was a writer on that and an actor, and even did some a lot of the music when they like wrote songs for some of the episodes. He provided a lot of that. Um, but he ultimately left Community to do his music career, um, which also like brought him into a whole another like realm of fandom as well. Um, which took a while for that to pop off too, because a lot of people really didn't like him when he first came out. Um, a lot of people really didn't like his music, uh, <laughs> particularly in hip hop. Uh, he was kind of like laughed out of the building for like a long time. Uh, I mean, understandably so when you're like rapping over like Grizzly Bear songs and stuff like that and uh, rapping about whatever. Like, so yeah. uh, his, his music, his early music very on, very early on was like very much like this like disgruntled perspective towards like black like black culture and like black people because and same thing with his stand-up too almost to a point of like he it seemed like he felt rejected throughout his entire life for being like this weird kooky character that he always was sure just being like a nerd or or um you know we we talk about the fubu episode of atlanta like just just came on last week but you know he he has a line um and one of his songs uh uh lights turned on from his uh, mixtape, uh, or from his uh, from his record at EP, and uh, and on there he says, uh, uh, "For us, bias, fuck Fubu, or whatever." So like he's obviously had a longstanding sure. uh, kind of relationship with like how black culture has like kind of accepted accepted them over the years. Um, but I think his music has grown progressively to show to demonstrate a more um, pro black perspective over time. Yeah, so, yeah. in a very socially aware kind of way too right especially in the moment and especially where we are now and especially with the most relevant you know music video that he's ever dropped in my opinion with this is america um let's let's start out too before we get too into it what was your first introduction to donald glover uh my first introduction as as a rapper no as as anyone um i mean i probably saw community like it, it was it was First time of me like actually recognizing this person as a name was to as a rapper, but I used to watch Community. I just didn't know he was like I didn't know they were the same person. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and you know it wasn't like obvious at the time. Like you didn't see his face in a lot of his videos or whatever. Um, so then like, or I don't know if he had a lot of videos early on, but um, like I, I, I'm a, I am not a rapper. It's probably the first time I like heard his like music full on and like really uh, came to appreciate that. Um, again, it's him rapping over like these like crazy like white people like rock songs or whatever <laughs> like yeah. rapping over those beats but then making it you know uh making it his own and making it his own kind of rap thing um and it, it was kind of like this satir- satiristic view of like rap music in general uh so it really brought like this really uh different angle to to hip-hop that that was really strange and weird so back in like 2010 i think i discovered that so it's probably like when i was still in like middle school 
So, uh, yeah. Dude, every uh, time you say that, bro, you, I'm like freaking 10 years older than you, bro. <laughs> no, it's crazy. <laughs> Middle school. Damn. <laughs> I was in college, bro. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, my first introduction was Community. I love that show, man. Community was my shit, man. I yeah. love that show. And uh, with uh, Choi and Abed in the morning, like all yeah, that stuff, yeah. and then their secret handshake. Yeah. Like my, my buddies and I were like big fans of the show. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get six seasons in a movie, um, <laughs> like Abed always wanted. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny. So my, my but one of my best friends back in in Phoenix, his name is Josh, and he is like a huge hip hop head. Him and I, like we've known each other since we were like fourteen. Yeah. Um, so we grew up in Phoenix together. Through, through high school, through college, through like we did like a, we started a band, we did music, we did choir, we did like we did hip hop stuff. He was a dancer, I was the rapper. I, back in the day when I wanted to be a rapper, you knew that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and we were hip hop heads, man. Like we loved hip hop to like forever. Like we were obsessed with like music and like I wanted to be like a rapper and a producer. I wanted to be the next Kanye West. That was like my dream, bro. Like I swear, like I that was my dream. Uh, and my buddy, he was the one who introduced me. He's like, hey, you know that like, goofy guy from c- Community? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yo, this is him. And he turned it up in the car. And, uh, and he's, he introduced me to Childish Gambino. He's like, oh, he goes by Childish Gambino, blah, 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 blah. He explained it to me. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, um, I'm not a rapper. And it was cool to sack too, which also was in 2010. Yeah. That was my first introduction. So it was very much like one of the first songs I ever heard from him. I don't think it was the first, but one of the first was uh, his, his remix slash rapping over the all of the lights mm. beat. Oh yeah, I did hear that one. Yeah. The lights in yeah, here, baby. baby. Yeah. Extra man, I want yeah. y'all to see this. Yeah. Like that yeah. was uh was one of the first songs I ever heard from him. It was like and the I, acoustic version yes, of the beat. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. Um so that that was like one of my first introductions to him. And then I became like I'm telling you man, I became like a massive uh, Childish Gambino fan. Like I followed his music, I followed his mixtapes, I followed when he dropped like singles. Like back when I was like searching the internet and going off different websites for right, like LimeWire and shit, LimeWire yeah, and yeah. stuff, bro. Like I would download <laughs> the songs, and it's like I would follow like music websites that pulled out articles. I would follow different like not underground rappers, but like indie rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was one of the people that I followed like religiously to the point where. He was one of the inspirations for my um, my career path, along with Kanye West. Because when Kanye West first popped into the scene, man, Kanye West wasn't the Kanye we know now. Kanye was like polo, pink polo, backpack wearing, yeah. through the wire Kanye. Yeah. You know, he was... Backpacker with the bins. Yeah, like, he, like Kanye, is, Kanye was, was like... That was like my 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 idea, right? And yeah. that and also with childish, especially childish too, because both of them, but especially childish, where it was like it's, he's a nerd, and I was yeah. like I'm a nerd, and he's a rapper, and yeah. I'm a I can be a I can be that nerd rapper, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that was my idea as far as being like the nerd rapper, yeah. kind of like Kanye wasn't a nerd, but he was very much like. He's like, I'm just weird. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not he, you felt, know, he he rapped a lot about being the outsider. Yeah, I'm not the yeah. game. I'm not shooting up joints. I'm not. You know, yeah. I'm not this crazy gangster. Right. And I'm not trying to be. I guess is what he was saying. Right. Um, Which is fascinating for somebody like uh, like Donald Glover because he grew up in the streets of like Atlanta and and, and a lot of the uh, um, a lot of the same places that like we see like the the big gangster rappers like Migos, Twenty One Savage. 
um, Young Thug coming out of that other situations in, in Atlanta. He lived, and of course, Don Glover lived in like Stone Mountain, so he was in a much more privileged position. He used to go to like white schools and stuff like that, but he still, um, his place in Atlanta and, and inside of the Atlanta rap game, um, kind of, uh, he had like a very distinct sound, a very distinct um, kind of personality, but it all kind of came back to the influences of like UGK and Outkast and like all of these. Um, timeless, uh, timeless um, ATL like rappers and stuff uh, for 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 him musically, um, comedically he took a lot of influence from like the stuff like SNL or like um, a lot of the 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 broad mainstream comedies, um, and of course he always and of course he always rapped about um, like nerd shit like Star Wars and Spider Man. I think somebody on Twitter had a whole thing where they had mentioned how he had on um, because of the internet he had rapped about Star Wars. Um, Spider-Man and um, something else. What else is he in? Um, he's in something else, like a big property, too, if I'm not mistaken. Donald uh, Glover's in a big property? Oh, oh, Lion King, Lion King, Lion King. Oh, Lion so, King. So, yeah, so he rapped, and, and, and because of and the he's internet. And he's all in, in, in he's, all Yeah, those. he's in all of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah he rapped about all three of those Cause, things. Because I know, I remember uh, Community did a panel at Comic-Con back in, like, 2013, I want to say, 2014. Um, a long, long time ago. And I remember when he was dropped, right before he was dropping camp, um, someone in the crowd was like, yo, Donald, you're making, I love, I'm a big fan of your music. I'm excited for your new album. You know, it's like, do you have anything for us nerds? And he's like, oh yeah, I have a song called Bonfire. And that's, that's what the line was. I'm, I'm a beast bitch girl, Invader Zim. Yeah, like that's yeah. Invader Zim is like something super like yeah. weird cartoon that no one watches. Yeah. And again, I think that's why a lot of hip hop didn't come to accept him for a long, long it time. It was. And it was yeah. also like one of the reasons why I cling to him so much. Cause yeah. I was that nerd and I was like, oh, he's coming to Comic-Con he's rapping he's cool he's got a different flow he's he's got a very his diction was weird in hip-hop because you know about right. diction in right. hip-hop right. and his diction was like over pronunciation yeah. like I, I can over pronunciate every like he was yeah. very much like different. Yeah, he, 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 different. he had like the white kind of exactly rap, rap and i didn't want to say it, it. <laughs> hey listen I'll but you're say saying it. it for me yeah, i yeah. was gonna say he kind of sounded like how white rappers rap yeah where they have like very distinctive diction where it's like mm-hmm. like I, I don't want to name like Jeezy yeah. like they they rap like very distinctive flow and I can rap like this because I never stop like yeah. they rap like that Lil very yeah. Lil Dicky has yeah. that like his diction was like that mm-hmm. but it sounded cooler like he made it his own I guess yeah. is what yeah, I'm yeah a little to bit say. swagged out too yeah it. Um, again I think that 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 also goes to like the the ATL influence. Um, that he had as well, like the the little swag that he put into like the end of his rhymes, like the little beat switches that he would have like halfway through like his songs, like in his early mixtapes. Yeah. Um. I think that's. I, I mean, yeah. I think that's a big part of why he he kind of built up a cult audience through like a white fan base and like a uh, like a, a more and maybe not white's the right word, but like a non traditional mixed hip-hop. fan base. Yeah. Mixed, <laughs> he, he even says that he says that in one of his songs, uh, another like, one of his songs, "Freaks and Geeks" on. On the EP yeah. record, he he says like he uh, he's he likes his girls mixed like his audience. <laughs> so um, so yeah, he he definitely took a non traditional hip hop kind of. Uh, Is that the same to. song where he's like uh, chilling with the Asian black chick? And it's black and yeah, yellow, yeah, black, black and yellow. yellow. <laughs> black and yellow. <laughs> he says he's like, he has a lot of lines also in camp too about Asian girls. A lot of Asian people like Childish Gambino. Too. Yeah. I mean, he was big with the Asian audience as well. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely true. It was a very much a mixed audience. Latinos, blacks, Asians, white. Like, it was it was much more mixed. I love, I know we're, we haven't even gotten to Atlanta yet, but I love yeah. that little throw, throwaway line towards, uh, <laughs> towards um, freaking the, 
the when they were in school, the Fubu episode. Oh yeah. And and we're not spoiling anything. It's just a throwaway line. But um, when he was, he's like, of course he thinks it's Chinese. This fool's Chinese. And he's like, bro, I'm, I'm Filipino, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's like that's so it rings so true, man. Because yeah. I grew up with Filipinos. Yeah. Like with that friend I was telling you about is like Filipino. Like yeah. Filipinos love hip hop, bro. Yeah. And it's so funny how like. They're like, oh, it's Chinese for. It's like, no, bro, I'm Filipino. <laughs> yeah, he had a funny joke in his uh, in his uh, in his uh, stand-up comedy um, routine where he was talking about like Filipino girls and like yeah. how they're like essentially the black girls of Asian girls or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I always called them the Mexicans of of the Asians because <laughs> that's kind of what they are too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's just so funny. He's always had like a. Uh, a kind of connection. I think he just likes Filipino chicks, yeah. honestly. Um, I think early, early on too, but then I think he definitely, uh, you know, he he definitely like grew as a musical artist and as a writer in and of himself, and and uh, a writer and a um, producer um, on the on a cinematic level, or I guess on a television level, um, because he kept like develop. You know, he he worked on Atlanta for like a super long time before he like yeah with his brother up. Steven. Shout yeah, out to Steven. Steven shout Garvey. out to Steven. I was thinking about him last night as I was watching Atlanta. Um, he's he gets. I mean, he's written most of the episodes yeah. that we've seen so far in season one and two. So shout out to Steven for being the unsung hero of Donald Glover's career. Yeah, and it's funny. You and know, he's a dope rapper too. Oh, is he? I didn't. I've never heard his raps. Oh yeah, he's, he's dope. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, check that. But it's interesting. He's, he's, though. he's Paperboy. Oh, is he? Spoiler alert! You'll hear the song in the first episode. He's oh, like, paper, paper boy, paper boy. Oh, is that oh, really that's his Steven. voice? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's, that's why it comes kind of if you squint your ears, you can hear Donald in there. You can hear childish <laughs> because that's his brother, Stephen. Right. What's interesting when you see uh, uh, the the show Atlanta make fun of like artists, uh, like when they have the, the the black Justin Bieber in that one episode. Um, or uh, <laughs> oh, we talk about favorites. That's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, bro. definitely. Yeah, if not yeah. my favorite. Yeah. So is or or when he has the the Clerk County dude in season two, like and how it's like the whole idea of like the industry plan. That's what he was funny about him. He writes those characters, um, but he definitely lends his own persona to those characters. Mm-hmm. And then like a lot of the things that people were saying about Donald Glover early on are the same things that his character will say about these people like uh i know there's one episode uh in season two where where they're all at the the college or whatever and then um and uh and and that's another great and, episode yeah that was an amazing episode um and then Ern and uh and lakeith were like talking to each other darius, and, yeah yeah darius yeah and then they're they're like oh yeah so that clerk county dude totally industry plant totally to-. <laughs> and it's so funny because early on that's what a lot of people said about donald uh, childish gambino um as a rapper and it, t- to be fair he kind of put himself out there that way because he he said he made his rapper name through like a, a wu-tang um name generator like yeah. he really didn't have and that's a actually lot of, true too yeah that's true if you yeah type in donald glover that's what comes out i forgot mine i tried it one time i completely forgot what it was really <laughs> I think it was anakin skywalker no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> it's like some random cool person i want to be yeah thor god of thunder what <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious so i think so definitely so i think that's that's why he took a lot of uh you know he took a lot of those uh kind kind of self-deprecating like ideas and put them into like the show so absolutely um, it's, it's, it's definitely hilarious. much uh it's 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 partially his journey as a hip hop artist is kind of what Atlanta's about. Yeah, yeah, it's, and, and he even said uh, early on when at the beginning of season one, uh, I heard an interview where he was talking about how this show is not 
um, this show is not a hip hop show. It's a show about hip hop, you know, sure. um, and that's particularly important because uh, when Atlanta first came out, this came in the big wave of like the new wave of hip hop shows just starting to pop off, like non reality shows. Um, you know, of course, that piece of shit show, uh, Empire, um, definitely Ooh, sparked. You, hey, you just called out Empire, bro. Hey, bro People I mean, love it's, Empire. Nah, dude, nobody loves Empire. Let's, let's, keep, <laughs> let's keep it real here, man. Hey, man. Uh, there's, 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 I, I, I started watching Empire like when it first hey, came out. Hey, everybody was watching Empire. But when I, it came I fell out. off. I yeah, no, <laughs> nobody, nobody's watching it anymore, exactly. Like, um, yeah. when they were new for, I don't know, there's a viral tweet just killed me. Uh, when like I think Fox put out like Empire renewed for season five, and a dude quote or somebody quote tweeted and said like Yeah, I missed one episode, and never came back. <laughs> I feel like that's ninety percent of his audience. Yeah, because uh, when Empire came out, bro, that was the number one show in America. It was the number one show in America yeah. in the world, almost like because it's a great concept. Yeah, yeah, this hip hop, yeah, Empire, and, yeah, yeah. And the first dope. season was dope. First season was really cool. It was. Um, after that, it just became. Became That's silly and ridiculous, off. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so, but 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 because of that, because of the success of Empire, we saw everybody Netflix bankrolled hip hop show immediately with uh, with um, with uh, 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 the Get Down. The uh, Get That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that show. Yeah, and of course, unfortunately, canceled now. FX did Atlanta. Um, Stars Stars was already doing that show with Fifty Cent. That's right. I was gonna uh, say Power. Yeah, they're Power. That's yeah, it already it was already out before, but like it it grew in popularity and became like a, a ultra mega success. Sure. Um, after Empire as well. So like a lot of a lot of uh what hip hop television has become over the years is thanks and due uh thanks be, in large part because of Empire. Um, but this is probably the one show that like lasted it out in terms of like cultural relevance. I'm the longest. So. I, uh, what do you? Uh, I'm gonna ask you. What do you think that is? Is it quality or is it something more? I think. I think for me, I think what it is is the fact that um, it's a real hip hop show about like the hottest spot in hip hop. Of course, Atlanta is like that's right. Uh, the spot for for rap music at the moment. Um, Migos, Twenty One Savage, like I said, like all of the big rappers, Lil Yachty, um, all of Quality Control, Lil Baby, all comes out of Atlanta. Um, and it's is because it, it represents that in a certain type of way to where not only um, Atlanta rappers can identify with it. You know, I remember there was one episode early in season one that used the Kodak Black song in, in the intro. Um, and Kodak Black went on and tweeted like, oh, I can't believe the best show on, on TV, like used my song or whatever, you know, <laughs> or some shit like that. I don't know if it was like that. Kodak doesn't really speak English <laughs> or like sensible English. At least. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it was, it's interesting because I think what, I think in a large part, the success of this show is due because a, it appeals to like the streets and, and, and the hood and, and, and the rap community in general, but also it's just weird enough, just surreal enough and just like quirky enough to appeal to like us film us film nerds us like cinephiles and stuff like that too so it has it has a very weird and interesting mixture of the cultures and i think yo donald glover salute to him he's always been a big nerd a big a big film fan a big cinephile and also a pretty successful rapper so merging those two worlds together um definitely helps. Is, is what atlanta is yeah it's emerging yeah. of you're right it's emerging of cinephiles actual like tangible art is what people would call it right. mixed with like you know that shit is funny right. for for like you said like the black community and stuff right where right. they're just like yo that shit was funny that shit was wild mm-hmm. um so i appreciate it i guess is what, what yeah it is. it is that merging of two worlds and mm-hmm. you're right atlanta picking let's talk a little bit about 
we're obviously going to dive into the show a little deeper, but let's talk a little bit about the city and what it's become. I was thinking about this after watching Infinity War, because guess what, guys? Infinity War was shot in Atlanta. All the movie All was it. shot in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. uh, Atlanta is becoming kind of like a buddy of mine... Um, just moved out there mm. to keep pursuing his career in, in, in acting and all that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's crazy. Like, when I heard that, when my brother told me that, because it's, it's my brother's friend and he's also a friend of mine, and he's like, yeah, he moved out to Atlanta to keep pursuing acting. Mm -hmm. I was like, moved out to, you, you, see, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that to me is like, that's crazy. Because for the past, what, how many hundreds, not hundreds, but like, that's hundred years. Last yeah. hundred years, yeah. it's been Hollywood. Hollywood. I'm moving to L. A. to become a a famous person. I'm moving yeah. to L. A. to become an actor. I'm moving to L. A. to become this. I want to be that. in the pictures. Yeah, and now it's like a buddy of mine moved to Atlanta to become an actor. Like you don't hear that, and like that's unheard of, right? Any other city in the U. S. Right? Maybe like you know if it's Bollywood or Nollywood or, or Tokyo or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's different. You know, that's anime. That's different movies. But when All it comes right. to American culture. In general, it's going to be L.A. And it's always going to be L.A., but is it now? Because Atlanta's becoming like a second L.A. Yeah. Uh, almost to the point where it's becoming competitive with L.A. I was watching, I keep up with people on Instagram with uh, The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's all shot in Atlanta, obviously. Yeah, it's shot in uh, Tyler Perry Studios. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and now people in, up in The Walking Dead, you see their Instagram story, and they're like, what up? We up in ATL? What's up? And it's like just random. And I'm like, shit, like the whole crew of it. Of, of The Walking Dead lives in Atlanta. They don't even just, like, shoot there. They live there now. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, off-season, but they're still, like, in Atlanta. And it's becoming, like, a cultural vibe where, like, they're shooting big movies there. They did a Baby Driver there. They did, like, a ton of movies there. And they do all the Marvel movies and a bunch of TV shows. And um, it's it's becoming kind of... And obviously, the music scene is the biggest in the world. I mean, the biggest yeah. in, like, anywhere else because yeah. of the hip-hop scene mm -hmm. so atlanta what do you think of that as far as like what it's becoming and what it's brewing up to be right i mean it, can uh, it be competitive with la eventually i think because right now obviously it isn't but eventually i think it, i think it is kind of competitive okay. with la when it comes to the reason why a lot of businesses and particularly a lot of films like left la is because like they they, they roll back some like tax cuts mm -hmm. that, that, that california that's an easy uh, mm -hmm. yeah so like as soon as that started happening Plus, Atlanta started giving out a lot of tax breaks for for production there. They built Pinewood Studios in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and 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 again, you know, again, not like a great artist, but a big contributor to what uh, happened there. Tyler Perry, man, I mean, like his filming and his like participation in like shooting all of his movies in Atlanta um, to begin with um, definitely brought a lot of business to the film production area of Atlanta and, you know, kind of revigorated like the, their like film, their film tax um, stuff and, and stuff like that. So and that's why we see him building uh, a massive studio property there, a massive studio, you know, lot, like a literal lot um, himself. And then we see Pinewood Studios going there. The only Pinewood Studios there was before was London. in London. Yeah. Um, so they moved their second. And it, and it, I think if I'm not mistaken now, I think the Atlanta stage is actually bigger um, then and Pinewood the, was the biggest in the world. Pinewood was the biggest in the world. I think the Atlanta stage is, is if not as big, bigger, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So the film production is uh, is growing and expanding more and more as time goes on there. Um, and the more and more stuff you see, you see at the end with like the little peach, uh, yeah, Georgia, and even uh, and even shows that are not necessarily sat in Atlanta, like uh, the show uh, Queen Sugar. That I'm personally a big fan of Avery DuVernay does. Um, that's set, I believe that's set in uh, I don't know exactly where it's set, but it, they they shoot it in Atlanta, uh, but it's set in the South, somewhere in the South, but they shoot it in Atlanta essentially. Um, so as you you 
the production the production uh, code does a lot of it all that kind of stuff um, and on the music scene of course we see producers like Metro Boomin coming out of uh, Atlanta and, and a lot of other big name producers Southside um, music producers um, making like these 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 uh, these beats and um, really the producers are really what puts the rappers on these days you know hundred um, percent yeah I mean Metro Metro Boomin you know, he worked with Future, collaborated with Future, another Atlanta artist um, who grew up. Atlanta, uh, I'm sorry, Future was in the same realms of like the the outcast and like the. Uh, he was in the same like in the same houses in the same workshops with them. So he he grew up and did his own thing. And then like when he started working with Metro Boomin, and that's really where his career popped off. And then Metro popped off as well. So then through Metro, you see people like Twenty One come up, Twenty One Savage, and 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 all these other artists just grow up and. And not grow up, but like literally blow up and and become big. Um, and Migos, of course, were big since like forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been thinking about that too. The other day is like what people don't realize in the hip hop game, because as someone who's like obsessed with it, fifty percent of your success, if not more, is based on your producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can shout out to any rapper with a famous producer behind him. That's how that's how Kanye got his success. You know, Kanye got a success because he put people on the map with his production, with his beats. If you got a dope beat, at the end of the day, even if you're an average rapper, you have a shot. If you have a really dope beat, like that's Kanye, that's even freaking Macklemore with Ryan Lewis. That beat is fire. Like, say what you want about Macklemore, but Ryan Lewis makes some dope beats. I think Macklemore is like not a bad rapper. He's fine too, but but it really is. I still feel like Macklemore got a success because those beats were like, shit. You heard that and you're like, Dope. So, with that being said, dude, Ludwig Gorenson is his name. Ludwig is 50%, in my opinion, why Childish popped off because those beats were fire. And Ludwig is a master producer who obviously did the music for Black Panther. He studied uh, he studied film composition. Um, he, he actually, yeah, he studied film at the USC Masters program. Really yeah. Enough. Yeah. So, he definitely, uh, he had a lot of film based, like, you know, I'm sure him, I'm sure him and, and 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 Childish Gambino were able to speak the same language in like a lot of those ways. Absolutely, and he's he's part of the reason why Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, popped off because those beats were fire, dude. Like the yeah. the beats and because the internet are dope. The beats yeah. like he's he's made some incredible beats. Heartbeat, heartbeat um, from Cam. Heartbeat is yeah. crazy. Friggin' a, that's such a dope. Like that's yeah. part of the reason why that song even popped off in the first place. Yeah. Um, but that is like such a big picture and you're right a lot of them are from Atlanta mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that that's a big thing but Atlanta's popping off man with that came the commencement of this show basically and what FX FX what's his face Donald Glover has like talked about it a lot he's talked about how FX kind of really took a chance on him and let him be kind of 100% creative gave mm-hmm. him a small budget because it was I mean if you rewatch the first three episodes are pretty much like especially the second one i think is what it yeah. is it's just shot in the apartments yeah and you're like this is just shot in the apartment this is so low budget right. and yet everyone's watching it but they, with a small budget and with 100 percent creative freedom to donald and his team because he has a team uh steven glover his brother and then the director a hero um i can't pronounce his last name unfortunately i think but. his Come on. A Tokyo-based filmmaker who came from straight... He does Atlanta. all of Donald's... Hiro Murai. Hiro Murai. Um, does... he, did a, he did the short film that accompanied because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Because of the internet. Um, that was like 24 minutes. Also featured like Chance the Rapper. Um, he did a lot of the other videos that, that uh, Childish Gambino is responsible for. Like his, a lot of his bigger 
um, music videos. Yeah, like three thousand five, and also a couple others. I Did think. he do Bonfire? Um, I don't know. He definitely did the one that was like, you remember that? I don't know. What the, which I can't remember exactly which song it was. But the one that like Donald Glover was like in the restaurant and just like walking around and like dancing. Oh, that's uh, f- uh, not Freaks and Geeks. That's uh, um, Don't Be Mad Because I'm Doing Me Better, better Than, than you, you Doing You. you. What's yeah. the song called? It's called, remember. oh, I forget. Um, um, but yeah, um, because the because the internet, by the way, probably one of the most influential rap albums to come out in like the past. Like, this album's fire, dude. Yeah, that like, album's fire. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so fire. good. And I think, you know, again, that's the one that kind of put him in the mainstream hip hop sure. conversation, um, as well as gave him like the artsy kind of edge that he was looking sure. for to do initially. Um, and I think that's uh, a pretty big step for him. It got nominated for the Grammy for Best Rap Album mm-hmm. um, when it came out. And a lot of people thought it should have won. Uh, I don't even remember what else I was I was going to say, what won that year? Um, I know Yeezus was nominated. Um, I can't remember what else like came out in that year in particular. What's your um, uh, what's your favorite song from that from because of the internet? Uh, Oakland, yeah, Oakland, uh, Oakland. You, is... Oh, you man, you took mine, bro. <laughs> hey, man. That song, that's that another one where amazing. the beat is just like yeah, and it's just like wow, those drums are crazy. Like, and then uh, the chorus is fire. I mean, I like World Star is great too. I like a lot of weird songs off of some like Flight of the Navigator is like probably my second favorite yeah. from that album also the one we were talking about is called um sweatpants sweatpants yeah um, sweatpants but uh but basically you're right that that one is uh because the internet became very influential and you're right chance the rapper right. look at what chance became the last two years man because yeah. i remember when i went to go when i went to that hip-hop festival that i went to i think i told you yeah, about you it told me, yeah. and when chance the rapper came out and like people were losing their minds dude it was crazy and then obviously kanye came out but Chance, right, right, 2015, 2016, when he was popping off, part of the reason why was because he had the similar yeah, connection. Yeah, kind of edge of, like, oh, I'm a different, different yeah, outsider. I'm a yeah. weird kind of, you know, scrawny-looking, you know, rapper yeah. who has this flow, uh, a weird flow. Because Chance had a weird flow. Like, when he first came out, my buddy introduced me to Chance the Rapper. Acid Rap. And I was like, Acid Rap was one. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And it was like... I was like, who is this? This guy sounds so weird because he has the yeah. voice cracks and stuff. Right, right. And right. I was like, I don't know if I can handle this for an entire album, but eventually I got kind of into him. Yeah, as soon as he started doing the whole Bible thing, I, I kind of I kind of had enough, you know. Hey man, <laughs> but you got against the Bible, bro. Uh, not against the Bible, but he I don't I can't vibe with somebody who's like always preaching in his fucking records, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh coloring book was You mean like Kanye West? Oh, man. All right, we're not talking about Kanye. Old Kanye? I miss the old Kanye. (laughs) Did you see that? Did you see that random tweet thread? I like how we go off on different tangents, but when when someone said that, they just literally tweeted out, I miss the old Kanye, and there's like 20 comments that finished the song. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. It's dope. Because it's it's so funny to see how, like, all the. You see the pictures. One of them is like a 16 year old, like, white blonde girl. (laughs) And there's like old guys, young guys, but you see, like, the Twitter profiles, and you see, like, who they are are but uh, they're literally wrapping that out after the whole kanye tweet thing and there's been so many happened. good kanye i was gonna kanye make let's tweets. make a kanye uh meeting of episode uh, absolutely not <laughs> we, absolutely. we should we kind of nah, should though man. We, i can't support kanye no more dog. i'm talking about the old kanye nah, man. Even, Come on, nah, man. i just can't anymore man yeah that hey, was man. pretty rough i told Coonery. i was texting you about it Coonery. hey but uh you That's know there's harsh there, language bro there was there was some uh there was a great tweet that was like uh uh, uh, that had like the you know like the the Kermit meme of him like looking into the mirror like the the alter ego. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't remember exactly the tweet, but it was something like, um, um, 
I'm feeling pressured. Uh, so what? what uh, it's, it's it's a lyric from uh, from from uh, from my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It's like uh-huh. um, I'm feeling pressured. Uh, uh, I'm feeling pressure from the scrutiny. What do I do? Act more stupidly as like the mirror reflection. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's can't tell me nothing. Oh, can't tell me. Is that yeah, it? Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's just funny though. That's like a perfect meme. Like I think in that right. song he has a, like a Cosby line too. He has a lot of Cosby lines in that too. Yeah, but he's always had an admiration. For, yeah, he does. He doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, back to back to uh, yeah. Ch- Childish Gambino and Donald Glover in Atlanta. Um, reason I mentioned because because the internet um, because I feel like um, a lot of what that album talks about um, is like how internet culture kind of influenced rap music in and of itself and that's something that uh, the show Atlanta pokes fun at oftentimes um, you see uh, in one of the episodes early on with uh, the the another Filipino guy um, coming in with the hat. Um, the the, the Instagram uh, yeah uh, what was his name again I forget dude Instagram <laughs> homie I forgot his name though yeah yeah um, um, that's so early on dude I haven't rewatched season one so that's uh, what yeah, I watched season one like a lot so mm-hmm. like I I'm very um, that that character is funny and it is also hilarious because a lot of people um, that's that, I think f- that's that's episode four yeah episode four yeah, yeah. um what was I can't remember the, the character's name I forget his name too. um. Yeah, but oh man, he's so funny because it's it's funny because a lot of people think that character represents like a DJ academics like type of like web journalist <laughs> like the Instagram you know kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and that's so, your homie, bro. That's- hey man, I like academics. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's just funny how how he represents that as like this cartoony kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> over the top. Hey, let me follow you on Instagram, bro. Like, yeah. like the super soft dude or whatever. Um, so I think that's just funny, and and uh, I think it speaks a lot to like how social media influences um, the rap game. We even see that in, in a more recent episode in season two, um, with uh, with Paperboy dating like this Instagram model or whatever, um, and she's very much obsessed with posting pictures with him and you know getting all these likes and comments and how that kind of fuels her flame. Whereas Paperboy's trying to keep it real and just be his own thing, yeah. Um, and how that contrast has to like match up to some extent, you know. Um, so. I think because the internet addresses a lot of those themes of like how um, interwoven our our culture, our 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 memeage um, to a certain extent is with uh, the actual hip hop community. I think that's very evident in the song uh, "World Star" yeah. uh, early on in that album too. How like the World Star, how putting up fights on War Star on World Star is like this big internet thing where the original purpose of World Star was to post hip hop content and music and music videos and stuff like that, but it became more known for fights and like. Uh, and other you know other other crazy shit so yeah, yeah that's that's such an interesting point for sure let's dive into season one of atlanta when season one premiered atlanta like you said before it kind of like when i was recommending it to friends of mine so when i started watching the show two buddies of mine from work we we would watch it at the same time mm-hmm. and then we would talk about it afterwards because I mean, come on guys we it's a 20 minute episode so we can literally watch it at lunch <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we would watch it at lunch and just have like a little atlanta after show because <laughs> we we worked in an office where um two of our co-workers left so we had an entire like um space for like five or six or eight people mm. and it was three of us <laughs> so yeah. so we had like a little office to ourselves like our own little separated office really? so we would watch it and then talk about it afterwards but that's kind of how we we got into it because we would talk about it we would laugh about it um but when i first started watching it as we would recommend it to other people in the office 
it was so funny how you pitched the show, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you pitch it to someone when you recommend it? Like, if you pitch a different episode, a different show to someone, like a brand new show, I say, like, oh, like, you should watch Game of Thrones. It's about, it's like a mid- medieval fantasy world, but it's still very true and still very grounded, right? It's mm-hmm. very cool. It's very Game of Thrones. I mean, it's very, um, um, it's very realistic. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. When I pitched Atlanta, I pitched it as, like, it's a, it's a weird, funny, quirky like show about like hip hop in Atlanta, which yeah. is kind of like the quick little logline pitch, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of that came from these characters. So Ernest, um, Donald's character is very much true to Donald himself. Yeah. Princeton um, graduate. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's coming from school. He's coming to he moves back in home. I think yeah. is what he it dropped is. Out of, he dropped out of school. Is like moving back to back home with his parents, but his parents will let him stay there. And then he gets um, the idea to become the manager for his. Um, cousin, cousin, yeah. who's kind of blowing up in the internet kind of culture of hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's not mainstream, obviously, but he's right. blowing up enough to get hits, which is kind of what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we meet his cousin, who's like the most like leave me alone type person. <laughs> yeah, which I think a lot of, I think that's what's so good. Leave me you. alone. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> I just want to chill. It definitely, it definitely gets to the different personalities that come out of Atlanta. Because I know a lot of people from Atlanta. I've never been to Atlanta, but like I know a lot of people. And there's definitely like those three archetypes of like the Donald Glover, the Darius, and the and the. I haven't Alfred, even gone to like, Darius yet, but yeah, I wanted to say yeah. like like Darius. What Darius brought to me was like his first introduction was literally like talking to like Donald's parents to mm-hmm. Ernest's parents, and he's like, "Hey, how tall is your tree? Hey, you mind if I if I cut your tree down and I take it home?" Or he says something yeah, weird, yeah. and it was so weird that yeah. you're like, and the the dad is like, "No, you can't do that." Yeah. But when he's he's responding to it, it's so funny because he mm-hmm. says like. There's a conversation where they have in the car where they're talking about a convers like a mm-hmm. certain issue, mm-hmm. and he like jumps in with like random shit, mm-hmm. like random ass shit, mm-hmm. and it's funny because you're like, oh, this is the crazy guy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's playing like the crazy quirky guy yeah. who's just insane, yeah, and, and they, the best character in the show, they, especially they, season they, one. They definitely they they utilize a lot of, and of course the the sons. Oh no! Like I'm a fucking whatever um it just they use a lot of like different conventions and like the like those three definitely are like the three different people i could definitely see like representing like atlanta in some sort of way or fashion uh which is just hilarious to me and and uh because like i definitely have a lot of family from the south cousins from the south and stuff and they all are the very slow talking like almost mumbling type of like dudes who just like just want to sit and like drink Chill. 40 or whatever yeah you know? um <laughs> So he, he definitely gets that across, and he's like this drug dealer. and what, So it's like the, the contrast between being in the streets and like actually um, being about that life, and then well, also like just trying to survive and like, you know what I, I mean? I just like, want to watch TV and chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with a hey, drug dealing, I mean, shit, the way he was doing it, he probably can just sit around and yeah, play. Yeah. But, but if he was trying to pursue the music thing, Full time, I think that's definitely where he's he, he he builds a lot of that off of, and you know the actor who plays uh, uh, Alfred, uh, uh, I think his name is uh, Brian Tyler. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Brian Tyler or something. Um, um it's uh, oops, Brian Tyler Henry. Brian Tyree Tyler. Tyree Henry. Brian Brian Tyree Henry is actually he's fun. It's interesting because I think part of Ern's main backstory, Ern being like a Princeton graduate who dropped out. Um, and moves back to Atlanta is, is is 
in some way reflective of of Brian Ty, uh, Ty, uh, Tyree's like actual real life. Um, he he did attend like yelled as like a student, and he actually he actually did end up finishing, but like majoring in, in acting and stuff. And he came back to uh, came back to like his home and to pursue the acting thing full time. Um, so I, I think it's interesting that he writes in um, the trace of like the rest of his stars. And interweaves that into you know, uh, uh, and, 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 and that's such a good that point. A good you're right because you're right. Ernest is playing. I mean, Donald is playing himself in a way. Yeah. Brian is playing himself, and but it's also part of. But it's also Ernest. part of Ern too. Yeah. And, and I think, it, yeah. and it's also uh, Lakeith is playing Lakeith. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's face it, because yeah. we 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 were at a Comic Con when Lakeith yeah. was there. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to the to the Death Note premiere, and you yeah. unfortunately couldn't get I in. That was in. a shit show, yeah, man. That, that was, was crazy. Duh, shit show. Yeah, that was like, crazy. Duh, you should have seen Inside. Oh really? Inside, yeah. it was crazy. People were like going nuts man because yeah. they're like we don't have seats wait we do have wait who's who's sitting where wait you move back you move here and they moved us like 20 times yeah. no joke like you should have seen like freaking perry and emma they were freaking out yeah, um i tried to crazy, keep it man. i was literally like trying to wait in line for you yeah i was there before y'all were yeah. that was crazy and they still didn't let me in yeah uh, that's fucking netflix up. yeah netflix was weird <laughs> uh but anyways I, we got to listen to lakeith a little more lakeith is yeah, every time I, when I when I finally got to meet him a little bit, and especially with the Perry interview and when he did when he like sat down with Perry and shit, mm-hmm. like you realize like, oh no, this is Darius. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's 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 him just playing himself. He's like a different version of himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. They they keep true to to. It's very much writing true to self type of content mm-hmm. type of episodes is what he's writing mm-hmm. so that's a very that's a very interesting point um the season as a whole started out as a very comedic funny um season there's so many but at the same time what made atlanta such a popular show uh, there's a lot of reasons why it became a popular show but one of the main reasons was because it was so socially content socially conscious of what it was trying to say about quote unquote the culture um and what it was trying to say about not just the hip the hip-hop game and how it's changed and how it's become um something that's not as exclusive as it was once was mm-hmm. it's much more on a different level I, I don't know what do you think that the show is trying to say on a socially on a social level but also on a on a cultural level especially with with media and entertainment well, I think on a, on a social level, uh, you know, uh, kind of different from like the the entertainment level, but it does say like the worth of money to like the the disenfranchised, like the impoverished. You know, there's that whole episode where uh, Ern is like trying to um, pawn his phone off, um, but instead uh, uh, Darius convinces him instead of like pawning the phone for money, he's trading him for a sword, and then like Darius promises like he'll make three times his money back or whatever. Uh, I don't know if you remember that episode. That episode's but... hysterical. Yeah, yeah, I love that episode. <laughs> yeah. he's, going, he's like, no, I can get you more, man. He's yeah, like, yeah. Punch up. He has a sword on the back, the right. samurai sword. Yeah, right, of course, right. I remember that. Um, and it's because Darius is my favorite. Like, I can't yeah. lie, he's my favorite character in the show. Oh uh, yeah, he's hilarious, man. He's so I mean, funny, he's so good. And then, uh, but I mean, in in the end, it kind of has a very potent message about like how. Um, how you know people say if, if black people invested in this, they'll make so much money. If you did this and you invest in that, um, but you know a lot of the times for 
people of color living in these like low income communities, you can't afford to like be putting money and throwing it away and waiting for a year to, to make it back and hope, hoping to make it back. You can't afford that kind of gamble. You don't afford you can't afford that kind of luxury. Um, money is, is finite, uh, uh, especially for for poor communities like and especially for for poor people as well. So uh, it's definitely saying like the value of money is weighed more and more. And I think that's a theme that continuously weighs on throughout the series, how money effects and, and, and the value of money, how it kind of uh, how it, 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 how the value of money in and of itself is more precious than like what you have to use the money for. Um, in a certain type of way, we see that in, in the episode where um, where Earn is like literally has like thirty dollars in his bank account, but he's trying to like take his his, his girl right. out to dinner. That's a great episode uh, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's like he's very much like tight for that, and it's also in the episode. Where we do end up getting the payoff to that, uh, to that, to that, to that whole joke of like in season two, in season two, where he he finally does get the money, but he can't spend it all because like his fucking uh, cousin or or, or 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 the fucking uh, uh, Tracy yeah. who just got out of jail is like like fucking like fucking hoodwinked him, you know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> it's very much and 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 again, there's more and more examples of how that theme of money and the and the value of money to these poor areas and these sure. poor people. And it's um, also the, a lot more. the value of money within the hip-hop community, too, mm-hmm. right? Because it's also the concept, especially we get that in, in season two with the with the strip club concept where it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that whole episode's about money. And it's yeah. about how, like, hey, man, don't be cheap, bro. You yeah. in the strip club. Trying to stunt, yeah. Yeah. You got stunt, man. You got yeah. stunt. Yeah. So it's like, come on, man. Pay pay her. Pay her. She's dancing. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of... <laughs> that's the kind of thing the when the announcer is, like, talking yeah. to him. It's like, yeah, you. You in the green shirt. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Look, she's dancing for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the concept of of, of wealth in, in that as well. That's a very interesting point. Um, wh- what about um, entertainment? Let's talk about uh, probably one of, if not my favorite episode in, in the show, um, which is season one, episode uh, episode five. Nobody beats the Beebs is what it's called. <laughs> um, and this episode is definitely, as I said before, one of my favorites, but it's freaking hysterical and it's never it never it steps outside of to be self-aware but at the same time it stays within its own pocket if that makes sense right they never really like uh wink at the camera too much Mm -hmm. they always try to keep it serious but basically the entire episode is about how alfred the rapper is is playing a basketball game for charity but he's playing it with other artists and one of the other artists that he's there with is justin bieber but the twist um, is that Justin Bieber is this instead of being a little white kid skinny little scrappy white kid yeah. who's always getting into trouble it's a little a scrappy little kid. black kid yeah. who's always getting into trouble <laughs> and, and they're playing basketball together and Alfred is kind of tired of his antics and of his cockiness so he decides to play basketball a little harder even though it's for charity and everyone kind of plays it easy but it's so freaking funny yeah. Yeah. it's so funny because it's like how how much of an asshole Justin Bieber is yeah, yeah. in the episode, and how much he like talks shit like on the court and stuff. Like one of my favorite lines is like, uh, someone in the crowd is like, "I love you, Justin," and he's like, "I know, bitch," or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I forget what he says, but it's so funny. And then he does like the stupidest shit and throughout the entire episode. But the best part is at the end of the episode where he's like. 
he goes up to the podium and he's making like an apology, yeah. like a press conference, and he's like, I just want to say, I apologize for my actions. They were inappropriate. <laughs> With that being said, I wrote a song about my apology. And it's like, <laughs> whoa! And he starts like dancing yeah, yeah. and doing like this little Justin Bieber thing. Yeah. I said, I'm sorry, girl. Yeah. And it's like dancing around the stage. John Glover actually sung the song. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you could see uh, Ern in the back, Donald Glover, and he's yeah. just like, Shaking his head like, yeah. what is going on? Well, that was another funny, uh, another funny like uh, B story of of Ern like talking to all the That's different right. managers, to like the managers, yeah. yeah, and like where uh, the one lady thought he was like this manager, like screwed him over, but like they were like super close, and then uh, he and played along, and yeah, he didn't played along, and didn't realize that like she was really setting him up to like fuck him over, yeah, um, but she had no idea who he actually was. She just thought he was like another black dude, yeah, and all. Black people look the same. That's the joke, guys. Uh, but then, like, but it's still really funny. Yeah, it's just so it's so funny how uh, it's just so funny how that ended up playing out. Uh, how that probably ended up screwing Aaron more than he he did. Um, I love that episode because I think that uh, it, it it touches on how a lot of um, the hip hop community, the black community, kind of feels about Justin Bieber in general and how. Um, a lot of people feel like uh, some of his music is like cultural appropriation and some of his antics, um, just the way he like used to affiliate with like all these like gangbangers and all this kind of stuff. Like he he very much like dove himself deep into like what black culture was like actually uh, what he what he perceived as black culture to be. So he, he, he used that as like a marketing thing for him for a long time. Um, I think this episode provides like kind of a kind of a funny little comment. How do you feel about that? that? Um, how do I feel about Justin Bieber? Or? Uh, yeah, Justin Bieber's uh, um, appropriation of, of what he his antics of what he was doing. Well, I was never mad at. It. I mean, I thought the shit was funny. I love when he was like pissing in buckets and shit like in the back of restaurants. You know, I thought yeah. that was that was like peak Justin Bieber for me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just interesting that he he for a while he really surrounded himself with like a lot of black people and like and a lot of. His, like, a lot of, you know, frankly, sorry, y'all, I'm going to keep calling y'all out. A lot of his white fans, like, kept getting at him for, like, oh, it's not it's not Justin Bieber's fault that he's acting like this. It's the people he's hanging around, you know, like, all that type of shit, you know what I mean? Speaking, like, dog whistle and shit, you know, I yeah. hear it, but, um, but so that's what, that's what a lot of it was. Um, so then uh, this episode kind of uh, uh, does a reversal of it, like, oh, what if Justin Bieber was black? Would he still be able to get away with, like, a lot of things he gets away with? Um, but then it's, you know, it goes down to a much deeper rooted thing of like people want the good guy and the bad guy, you know, and, and, and what Bieber represents and what Chance, the rapper, for example, represents and what a lot of like more of the pop mainstream, you know, uh, industry plant people kind of represent are the more positive, the good guys, the, I'm sorry if I, you know, and you know, the apology song, uh, that he sings is very reminiscent of the, um, um, didn't I say I'm sorry from the Justin Bieber? Uh, the Justin Bieber, I, I'm sorry. Oh joke. yeah, I'm sorry. So that's I'm sorry. The, yeah, 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 exactly. That's the play on that. So yeah. like, it's very clear that it's just saying like it's it's more of the game of the hip hop or of music in general to pin these two kind of personalities against each other. Um, and I think that even gets further subverted in season two when they introduce the Clark County character. And that guy is so like is is so that guy's nice, the best. Yeah, he's so nice and so like presentable, like in the real world. But like when you see him like inside of the studio, yeah. he's like passively aggressively like attacking the engineer like nonstop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was probably that to me is my favorite episode of season two. It was just, oh, I was gonna like, say of, of all the episodes, uh, probably not all. I still say the invisible car one. 
That's the uh, best. Was, was the, That's the okay. best episode. Uh, um, let's jump into, before we get into... I was going to say BAM, oh, though. BAM. Are we going to go... That's what I was going to go into. into. Okay, okay. But this one, I, I think, was like... Is this one with the commercials, too? The commercials, yeah. Holy shit, this episode. So, basically, the premise of this episode, guys, and again, we're not really getting into super spoilers, but it's a, it's about um, uh, Al. Al is on a talk show, mm-hmm. and, and this one is probably one of the most... It says a lot about like social commentary yeah. is, is what it's trying to say. Yeah, black culture in uh, general. Yeah. About everything. But it says a lot. Yeah. Um, but basically, they're trying to almost put like a psychology thing on him. <laughs> but it, but it, and then at the same time, it has fake commercials throughout the episode, which I thought were real when I first saw it. I don't yeah. know if you I, I, I literally thought the episode was only like 10 minutes because I kept fast forwarding through. <laughs> oh, you fast forwarded it? I oh, literally, I the first time I watched it, I. Fast forwarded through like when they were like cut to commercial. I like fast forwarded through it on the DVR or whatever, and literally it was like, "What? This episode only ten minutes long?" And then like I literally had to go online and read like, "Oh, the commercials are part of the, the thing Those too." Those commercials were so uh. funny. <laughs> I mean, the whole premise of the episode too, because it's it's also Alfred, but it's also this kid. Yeah. Is this the same one, right? Yeah, Correct yeah, me yeah. if I'm wrong. Um, the transracial. Yes. Where it's this like sixteen year old kid, and it's like. A very proper guy comes out and he's like, hello, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to tell you the story of this guy named John. Who's And he's like, John is a 16-year-old kid living with his mom and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But he has a different story. And he's like, I'm 16 years old, but I identify as a 42-year-old white man. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they'll ask him each time for like which job you work at. He'll say something different. Like, yeah. <laughs> that episode is so funny because it's, it's very much a commentary on um, what... What and I I want to I don't want to step on toes, but that's kind of the point of the episode is to step on toes. Is like what is identity now? Like yeah. identity has become something to where it's too much of a flexible kind of thing. Where yeah. where it's so flexible to the point where it's getting ridiculous. Like you can't just go around saying and identifying with certain things that aren't real because they're as fake as. What you're trying to identify with, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right, and I think that's exactly what they're what they're saying in this. Like, it, it very much speaks to the whole uh, problem that I guess well, I'll say problem that that uh, who's the the Rachel Doss chick who was like the head of like the NAACP branch in like Washington D.C. Oh, that's right, yeah. And she uh, it was revealed that she was really white the entire time, just yeah. playing as black. Uh, I think it was a commentary on that, like. And and when that whole thing popped off, it was a big commentary. A lot of conversation was like, "Can you be transracial? Can you identify as another race?" Uh, whereas sex and gender, whereas sex is something that you're born with, and gender is like the identification of that sex. Can you be born into a race, but then like choose to become another race? Uh, and that's a very sensitive issue that a lot of people have been debating. And this movie kind of this. I'm sorry, the show kind of tackles that in like a very uh, comedic type way of like the fake news coverage of, <laughs> um, and and I love by the way all of this ripping on BET all of it every single little bit of this is like ripping on BET if you watch BET late enough at like night you'll get to where they're like where they're making fun of this shit at um, and like centric centric one and like all these other like black networks um, and. It's just so funny how I love I love how when that whole thing starts, it starts in like the super long clip of like them looking up into the trees and then finally pans down. It's it's exactly how these things are edited. Um, And it's just it's just it's just it's just funny uh, that uh, when 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 they actually had him on the show with the other lady who was there. 
um, because the the whole the whole point of the the whole discussion was to pin um, Alfred for saying something about what do you say something about gay people or something like that. Oh yeah yeah and yeah yeah yeah. So they're trying to pin him on 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 uh, you know on being a homophobic, but the whole time he was just like deflecting and 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 and, and justifying his his reasons for that. Um, but then, like, when the transracial guy comes on, <laughs> then he's just, like, laughing his, his ass off, and everybody can agree, like, yeah, this is a little ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting how uh, I think this show both accepts the LGBTQ, like, identification movement, um, not just LGBTQ, but, like, the whole gender um, identification movement in general, uh, but then also says, like, all right, this transracial shit is, like, taking it too far to a certain extent. So, sure. And it's yeah. also, like, I love how at the end, I forget the exact, because, I, again, I haven't rewatched it, but at the end, the reporter is, like, I forget what she says, but she, uh, she's, like, okay, but let's get back to the point. Why do you hate gay people when she says yeah. that? Like, oh, why yeah. do you hate them, though? Yeah, I the don't guy. Understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he's, like, yeah. Or he was, he was like, uh. Or uh, or when when him and the lady like finally started. Oh to yeah, agree. they agree. Yeah, and then and then the the dude's like, but but you hate gay people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. you know, it's just exactly they're trying to they're trying to. And again, that's a lot a lot of what these shows' points are like those talk shows to like pin rappers against like these like famous authors or whatever to try and like pinpoint like their ignorance or whatever. But sure, um, Ern, I'm sorry, Alfred uh, kind of stands up for himself and and and, and does that does that well um i think the commercials also speak a big a big volume to like uh spe- big volume it speaks a lot to like what uh <laughs> like a lot of the issues that that are, are are problematic with a lot of these commercials um like how they keep advertising this whole dodge uh charger thing um that's the best one yeah because <laughs> it keeps going throughout the yeah. other ones kind of have like a one-off thing yeah uh the price is on the can though yeah the price is on the can though yeah. um, i think it's another, another that's an arizona iced tea yeah, yeah. there's another like commentary on the whole money situation that's true right? like is this why is he being upcharged for <laughs> and i love how um, the guy who scans it agrees with him yeah. he's like you're right the price is on the can um but <laughs> yeah then, but the, the dodge one is the best one because yeah. it has a running theme throughout it yeah 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 he's like he's he's celebrating like this life of just living in this yeah. uh, amazing car but like when you find out towards the end he doesn't have a house he doesn't have a wife he doesn't have a family yeah he's literally he doesn't even have pants yeah <laughs> he's he shows up with no pants yeah, yeah. he's literally just <laughs> driving his car you know yeah. um and again i think that's another another thing of like what what wealth how we determine wealth how we show wealth and demonstrate wealth but it also um, has the kids uh cookie crisps yeah one, yeah which is which the is most social like, yeah, big on like police brutality. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. yeah. Courtney's like, uh, I forget what it is, but the whole it's a commentary on on the tricks commercial. Where yeah. It was like the tricks rabbit keeps stealing the cereal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then uh, the, the someone the uh, they have like the fake tricks rabbit, but they they have him like steal the cereal. Yeah, and like the kids are like, they stole my cereal, and the cop just like beats the shit out of him and yeah, stuff. It's super yeah. dark, but it's actually like super relevant too. Yeah, yeah, and, and I it's think, commentary on that too. I think that's what's interesting about Atlanta as the show because a lot of times it brings you the com I think a lot it's of dark times comedy. It's dark comedy and I think it, it, it definitely plays in the sense of like how uh these how we laugh at these comedic moments, how they really have like a dark edge to them, you know? Sure. Um and and how that how like the real world consequences of these like kind of things like kinda of end up playing out. Um and you know, I mean to me that was most relevant in season two. Uh but we're gonna get to season two um after season one. But um, that's definitely like where I think uh, I, I definitely think like that's where the comedy lies a lot of times like here's this here's this funny thing but oh we're also gonna f- 
like uh, communicate like what's the consequences of that so yeah um so the the, the next one is the, the invisible car one where it's when they're the in the club, club yeah. and they're they're uh my favorite character in this episode is darius my yeah. love when he when he calls him up and he's like dude i'm at home and he's eating cereal and shit yeah. and he's just chilling yeah but basically um the episode is about kind of that club lifestyle mm-hmm. um this is also the one where where uh, donald's trying to get paid right from yeah the yeah from he's making a <laughs> club on <laughs> i love how the, the secret door passage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just hides he keeps running away from me he's like yeah. yeah yeah man i got you bro i got you and then he like disappears and he's yeah. like batman disappearing <laughs> um or was but, he jamaican or nigerian i forget what he was i think it was nigerian yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. either way it's it's a super funny episode that that has one of the best callbacks that that it ever has and it's it's played so straight that it's so funny that's mm-hmm. what makes it funny that it's played so straight but the fact that i love how it pops up on instagram he's like yo you got the invisible car though and he's like yeah. leaning on it yeah, and he's chilling yeah, and he's yeah. like yo this guy's cool man he's got yeah. that uh and then eventually when it when it comes back around when it like runs people over <laughs> it's so funny man that episode killed me that right. episode murdered me but what do you think about this one um I, I think this this is probably my favorite of of the entire series yeah um i also love at the end that in order to get their money like alfred literally has to like go back to like his his like hood lifestyle <laughs> and like beat it out of the guy you know yeah. <laughs> and it's like and even at the end the, the club owner is like is like uh damn he's real and it's like call the cops what are you doing <laughs> it's just it's just so many great great moments in that uh, yeah so yeah that, that one that one by far is is one of my favorites uh Definitely, and again, continuing the theme, um, the one that's like probably the most like socially conscious one is yeah. definitely the June episode theme. nine. Yeah, uh, that one. If you want to break it after. down, the premise of it. Yeah, yeah, it's basically that uh, Ern and, and Van go out to this uh, kind of Van for anyone. Zazie beats Ern's girlfriend, fiance, yeah. girlfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, girlfriend in the in the episode. or baby mama. I think is the more accurate. Term. Sure. Uh, they go out to uh, this mansion where these like fancy white people and or I guess this white dude and his black wife are um, make are, are having this party to celebrate Juneteenth or whatever. Now, for those that are unfamiliar, Juneteenth is a as a uh, largely African American celebrated holiday um, that focuses around like the emancipation of uh, of 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 the slaves and stuff like that. Um, so like. It's always in the middle of June, so we're coming up on it right now. But it's just, it's just funny that um, they go out to this thing, and it's really, I think it's really a, a commentary on how much white people are into black people shit. Um, especially the guy who, uh, the guy who's hosting this party is this dude who is who has all this African uh, decor around the place. Like when he offer earns when he offers Earn a drink, he's literally offering him like Hennessy. Um, by the way, this was the first time we got an Easter egg for um, Donald Glover's new or Childish Gambino's new album, Waking My Love. Oh, it's framed like perfectly in the background of like one of the shots. Right. <laughs> Holy crap. So uh yeah, it's just it's just it's just it's just crazy. And uh, it's it's also him like telling him like, Oh, have you not been to Africa? Dude? Yeah, have you I've not been, been like fifteen times. And again, that's the whole thing of like the wealth and the privilege of like you know, white people who go to Africa and like discover our culture versus people who can't people who are from America have been like disenfranchised for their entire lives, can't make the 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 the, the, the hundreds of, or thousands of dollars in plane tickets and hotels to like stay in Africa or whatever. So they're they're just uh they're not able to go and you're not able to experience the culture that was brought from them from the very beginning. Um and I think that's a fascinating commentary on that and how this dude's fascination for black culture. I think they even describe it 
I think Arn even describes it as like a, a Spike Lee directed uh, Eyes Wide Shut. You know, <laughs> it's very much like this culty, weird kind of vibe that they, they have going in this house. So this is this is another like classic episode. I think of Atlanta. It is it's very socially potent um, throughout of like what it has to say about like this kind of stuff. So it's 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 great. Absolutely. Um, let's jump into season two. Uh, just because we're running short on time. The finale is great, too, because it, it shows how um, Erin was uh, living, speaking of more on, on money. Kind oh, of right. That. He's living. Yeah, he's living. He's living. He, yeah. Yeah. The end of season one reveals a lot about Erin, but then season two picks up, I think, an entire year later. Uh, yeah. So and- so you told me beforehand, and I agree with you more and more, especially after the recent episodes of Atlanta, that season one is very much a quirky, funny comedy, where season two is much more dramatic. Oh yes, yeah, uh, yeah. even even would you even say drama? It's yeah. even much more of even a drama with comedic elements, um, and that starts out with with the first few episodes. Literally with the Alligator first Man. opening scene of the first of the, of the second season. They call it Robin Sh- season. Yeah, that th- that shit was wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, y- y- watch it, guys. But it, but it's basically like a like a robbery that's going down. Yeah, they um, they they titled the season. They didn't want to title it season two. They wanted to call it Robin season because they wanted to that's have what it's this called. Th- right, exactly because they wanted to have this. Um, theme running throughout of like the robbery that happens in life like just not just from like a, they start this they start the season off with like this completely unrelated robbery that happens in the beginning um but uh the whole theme of the season is like how different aspects of our of our lives are like robbed away from us in in, in different ways and respects so it's a very subtle theme um that's placed throughout the season but that's the overarching like idea that that that's been that drove. That, that's pretty groundbreaking for for a for a television show, considering yeah. that it's not an anthology show like Black Mirror, mm-hmm. but it but it has a running theme throughout it, like you said, which mm-hmm. this season is it literally episode Robin season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that opening shot's crazy, and obviously the rest of it's pretty funny. With, yeah, with uh, yeah. with Ernst. Tracy uh-huh. coming out of jail. Yeah, so there's a new what's character. His face, what's his name again? Tracy. No, his uh. The, the the uncle the uncle oh 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 is that played Cat by Cat Williams Cat yeah, Williams yeah 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 when um, Cat Williams has that a, that to me is like the best Cat Williams got to win an Emmy for that one man he has to win an Emmy for that man like, it's hysterical that man. is wow I mean like I never really like Cat Williams like all that much I don't think he's like that funny of a comedian he was, was he was like he was like someone that I never really got introduced to he was like I, I was much more on the Chappelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Cat Williams was very. Cat popular. Williams is funny because he's vulgar, but then, like beyond the vulgarity, is not much behind his jokes. Yeah. Um, but then like this episode really toned him down and like made a pretty interesting character study of like this dude, and it's kind of another self-reflexive kind of thing of like how uh, how Cat Williams' character used to be this big deal, how he used to be this. Um, kind of person who was admired and respected amongst the community, um, but then like ultimately just like was like left to the wayside, um, and that's kind of the way like Cat Williams's career in general was going. Like because of like the crimes that like the real Cat Williams is committed in real life, his comedy career ultimately just kind of. I was going to say, where's Cat Williams been this whole yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of falls in and out. So like this, 
this uh, this this episode kind of brings that up in in, in, a, in a very in a very nice way. Um, it also just brings up how fucking how how the alligator scene in the South really is, dude. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, oh oh oh, wait wait wait, I'm sorry. This episode also gave us the Florida man joke, right? Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah, the Darius Florida mean, man. Dude. But that's Watch. a meme, right? Yeah, that's literally yeah. It's it's a real thing. Like people had the, the whole like. The floor, like the if you if you don't know, like in 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 the show, they make this whole thing of like Florida man uh, ate somebody's face or Florida man did this. That's the actual meme on the internet because of how many crazy stories we just end up seeing coming out of Florida and how all of them are just like Florida man. It'd be like Florida man, like like Issa goat or whatever. Like it's just so much weird and random shit. And this episode like it kind of reframes that into like. An actual one person doing all the crazy yeah, just stuff. one person being like the one Florida man, and it's like a like almost like a horror type of like yeah. flashback. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That's that's very. So it's it, funny that it comes from Darius too. Yeah, yeah. Because that would come from Darius. Yeah. Like, all right, this is coming from you, man. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, it is definitely. Yeah, I think that's very that's very uh, social social consciousness as it well. Kind of shows like yeah, this is why. Uh, there's you know Florida has this kind of perception and Florida also you know has this uh you know this fate this strange like fast like the, the, there's a strange fascination of like all these stories that come out of like Florida like what's up with Florida you know um but it kind of makes it its own original like joke and and, and does its thing and it also brings up like the whole alligator problem of like the actual real state of Florida and uh you know of course Atlanta has alligators too but that that whole theme of like the Florida, Alligators uh, coming out towards the end of this episode. But funny. what's funny too, and I know this is something that's silly, but it's still funny when the alligator actually comes out and it mm-hmm. comes out to like epic music and yeah. stuff. And it's like, oh shit, alligator's about to tear some shit up, and it just goes to sleep. Yeah, like right in the front lawn, it just lies down and it goes to sleep like that. It's pretty funny too. Yeah. That's like a fun way to end the episode. And also, as he's like running away too. Yeah. Um. So the next few episodes. Uh, this is the one where episode two starts out with the gift card one. That's the one we talked about beforehand yeah. with Tracy. Um, also, that opening um, was pretty funny. When he gets robbed uh, in the car, yeah. he's like, I'm so sorry about this, man. Yeah, but can yeah. I play? <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, when yeah. he keeps apologizing? That's a pretty funny opening for me. Yeah, again, the, the whole robbing, the whole robbery theme. And, and again, this is uh, this whole season is concerned with like the crimes that like society is placing on the people. Um you know, and we see a lot more of Tracy um, in this. A dude who got out of prison um, without like much to much to his name, um, and he has to compete for the same kind of resources that Ern is competing for. Like we see in this episode, Ern wants to move in with Alfred and be more involved, um, but because of Tracy being there, like they have to fight for the same kind of scraps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, off the same, off the same people. Um, this episode is great, and I think that um, overall. Um, I think that overall, what this show has grown to represent more and more is like the individual characters in this show because sure. we see a lot of uh, solo time with Earn in this one, um, and in other in later episodes we see like complete like just like spinoff episodes, spinoff with, with like different characters, different characters, yeah. including one we we got one in season one with Zazie Beetz character. Um, I forget her what's her name in the, in the episode again. Van Van. Yeah. We get one in episode five when she's a teacher. Um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! I remember that, that episode. One. That literally, my my mom, 
uh, was watching Atlanta all the way up until that point, but she was just so disgusted with that episode, with mm-hmm. the teacher episode. Well, which what, what part? Oh, just like how she was like getting the 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 the, the pee the, sample. The pee out okay. of. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to spoil it, but like, yeah. uh, she was like so disgusted by it. She was like, "I'm never watching this show again," and I yeah. like, never ended up watching it. Yeah, yeah, after yeah. that one, she missed the ending though. The ending was kind of funny. <laughs> oh no, she she with the kid. The, yeah, the kid in the white face. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, no, that episode. But but she has yeah. a, she has another one too in in season two. But let's talk about the next one, which is the the Clark County. So essentially, Clark County plays the like you said the, yeah. the industry. What is it called? Industry, industry plant. plant. Yeah. Industry plant where he's very much the straight laced, straight edged, uh, like literally straight edge. Yeah. Um, Based on fun. somebody like a Pharrell, like a Pharrell yeah kind Pharrell. Of Pharrell's yeah. dope, man. I love Pharrell. Yeah. Um, but but he's also like a crazy guy in in the in the actual like studio yeah. when he's recording songs. Yeah. I love that <laughs> scene, dude, where he's like playing it. He's like, oh, okay, man, but just don't make that mistake again, man. Don't yeah. don't, don't make it again, okay? Yeah. It'll everything will be fine if you don't make the mistake again. And he's like freaking out like internally, but he's trying to like not. Like go too crazy, yeah. but he has his two bodyguards who are like thugs. Yeah, yeah. And then when he's he, like the engineer, the engineer's trying to like he's trying to record some songs, but the engineer is like keep me- keep, keep, keeps messing up. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, I yeah. love how the two thugs go up to uh, Darius, Al, and Ern, and are like, I think you guys should go home. And they're like, Oh, yeah. cool, 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 cool. And yeah, they just yeah. go home. Um, but basically, um, I love that episode because it also gives us. Uh, the best song in the entire show, which is Yoo-Hoo, Yoo-Hoo, Doo-Doo, Yoo-Hoo, Doo-Doo, Yoo-Hoo. I met with a bitch in the late night. I don't know what he says, but it's so fucking catchy. Yeah. And then uh, with his face, Darius is, um, I think Darius is like, oh, yo, Clark County, man. And he's like, yo, this shit is dope, man. This shit's catchy. Mm-hmm. And then Ern's like, man, this shit sucks, but whatever. But it's mm-hmm. still like that very much like brand friendly selling chocolate yeah. milk. Right, uh, right. Literally selling chocolate milk called Yoohoo Chocolate Milk. Yeah. Um, and he has like a little jingle that goes with it. Right. But it's also like Little Yachty selling Sprite. Too. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I think they're. <laughs> little they're Yachty! Yeah. I think that's exactly what they're like poking fun at. I was like, how little. I... And to be fair, you know. Uh, when I saw that Little Yachty Sprite commercial the first time, I freaked out. I was when like, I saw, yo! No, when I saw him in the Target commercial, I was like, The yo, Target the commercial. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I was like, damn. This, isn't Yachty. Metro booming in a, like a Navy commercial? Navy, old Navy commercial. Old dude. Navy commercial. Yeah, yeah, oh dude, my that God. shit is hilarious. Or it's Gap or one of them. Uh, it's either Gap or Old Navy. Um, SZA's in that commercial too. SZA really is in that commercial. Yeah, yeah. I love SZA, man. SZA's yeah. my girl. I've been talking about her forever, man. On this episode, I mean, on this show too. Like yeah. I've been talking about SZA. SZA's amazing. Um, I know she, they got that whole TDE like tour that's happening. She's also in, isn't she in, I swear that was her in the This Is America music video for Donald, Donald Childish Gambino. Which one? She, in This Is America. Oh, uh, she was in that? She's like in the, if you see her on the side, maybe I'm mistaking her, but I'm pretty damn sure that was her. I'll uh, show you later. Okay. But, uh, that, that's a very potent music video too. It is. Yeah. We'll talk about that. I, I kind of want to finish with that. Do you okay. think that's cool? Yeah, that's cool. We're literally yeah. just spitballing this, guys, but yeah. I kind of want to finish with episodes. that. Um, but I love the intro of this freaking episode with the freaking mom, the white mom with the blonde lady who's like, oh, yeah. I just heard a song <laughs> from my son's music. It's by this rapper named Paperboy, and I'm going to read the lyrics for you guys. It's so offensive, so I'm so sorry. I apologize for the vulgar content. Mm-hmm. And she's like reading the lyrics, and she's my favorite line, which I said on this episode before. 
before is the uh, sometimes you gotta slap a trick. Shout out Colin Kaepernick, and she's like freaking out, and she's like her lips are shaking. But it's and it's like this is what the song said, guys. But it's also making fun of the Vince Staples yeah yeah the viral Staples, video, exactly. yeah, yeah, which is literally that mom. exact same thing. Yeah yeah. Um, where uh, she's reading the lyrics of uh, what's that uh, song? North 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 North. Yeah yeah. I love that song it's a too. Great song yeah. And uh, that's it's also I playing never fun. Had nothing but I don't run from nothing but the police. <laughs> it's literally the lady. Um, yeah, the, and that, it's like literally it looks like the lady from that. Yeah, from that yeah. real like viral video that went around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that also plays commentary on it. Yeah, too. as the real life, how, how like the real life, you know, the making fun of like the real life uh, hip hop scene and how that kind of ended up blowing up. Yeah, because Darius Staples into Dar- a new, yeah, new strategy. Because because Darius says that he's like, man, that white lady's the best thing that happened in my career. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I love the scene after when like they're they're sitting at the bar and then like the the bartender is like, "Hey, free shots, paper boy. Uh, also some free wings, man. Also put me on, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. put me on, put me on, man, put me on." <laughs> like, yeah. It's just so funny. And uh, I love how Ern keeps trying to jump in and he's like, "Who are you? Yeah. Shut up, man. I'm talking to paper boy." And he's like freaking out on Ern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the next episode is when he goes to um this is the one I was talking about but that's more it's a much more Zazie Beats episode. Yeah, this one's heartbreaking, man. man. This one it starts to get a, a little more dramatic with this episode. Obviously it has some funny moments. What one of my funniest moments is I'll, I'll talk about it later, but this one is um so Zazie Beats for anyone who doesn't know is is half German as well. Um so So they go to like this German like German like festival. I, I forget cuz German has it's a it's a very interesting culture. I was going to say weird, but it's a weird culture, but it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, but but it's it's yeah. a it's a fun little juxtaposition to to play within the cultures of Zazie Beats is very much African American, but she's also part German, but like literally half German. So she speaks fluent German and she mm-hmm. identifies with that. Um, so she's celebrating her German side, while at the same time bringing Ern along, and Ern is just a fish out of water, yeah, like to so the tenth degree. Yeah. Um, but this one is uh, this one. It, gets very intense at the end but it still has like a funny moment where where they're playing ping pong and he's like he's like man i i swear i can just tell you these things when we're alone and then the camera pans and it's a guy in a weird baby mask yeah. i don't know if you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah. that moment just made me laugh so hard oh man did we already pass the episode this the, the last episode before this one was the one with uh when he when Ern was racing uh michael vick oh club. no this is afterwards oh it's afterwards i think it is yeah Oh no, that's the strip club episode, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the. Oh, movie. you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. That's the one that opens with the uh, with the white lady and then closes with uh, the actual thing of Michael Vick. Which, by the way, Michael Vick is actually went on record and said he's willing to do that, like in real life with people, like to just race people in the in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> that's so funny. Club. It uh, was just literally like that's why this show's great because it's <laughs> so random. Yeah. And he's like, "Yo, Michael Vick's racing people." Yeah. <laughs> and you don't even question it. You're like, "All right, I'm gonna race him." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like that's your first reaction of yeah. Michael Vick, and it's actually Michael Vick too. Yeah, it's not even an actor playing him. Yeah, that's e- that's even better, man. Um, yeah, that scene. So I mean, there's a lot of funny moments. We don't want to spoil all of them, I guess. Um, I guess the main one we should probably talk about the barbershop one is funny too. That's another one that comes after the Zazie Beast more focused episode. Sure. Um, um, the last thing on this German one is it's very much an identity thing with with identifying. Yeah. yeah. Even in, in the description of the episode, it says Afro German, which is an interesting way to to say those two combinations. Um, but it but it's also Ern kind of getting 
trying to struggle with relationships within the hip hop culture, which is also something that's very relevant within the hip hop culture. Is yeah. is like, like misogynistic. Exactly, kind of, you yeah. can't really be with one girl because it's like, well, yeah. I can't be with one girl because now that I'm famous and I'm hip hop, you know, I got to be with a lot of girls, yeah. kind of thing. And that's kind of what gets to his head, which is heartbreaking at the end of the episode. Yeah, the barbershop episode is just ridiculous. It's funny, man. man. That's it's hilarious. just too much. That's I was like, yeah, all right. Oh, man. <laughs> I no. think I would shoot this guy. <laughs> I get annoyed so easily. Well, see, here, here's what it is. For me, like, and, and people don't understand this, but the, the, the barber for the black community is like the pinnacle of the gatekeeper of, of the culture. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't have your one barber that you always go to, you're never going to like... And it, it says as much at the end when he like tries to switch barbers and he's like, hey, uh, what, "What do you want cut, man?" And he's like, "I actually want to." Well, uh, actually, I don't know. Like, he just doesn't know. But your barber, your barber automatically knows. You have a connection with your barber as to who and what, like what you're gonna cut, how you want it, how 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 much you like it, all that kind of stuff. So, um, that's a very powerful connection. I have a barber who's kind of shitty. Uh, who's almost sim- almost like completely similar to like this guy, where like he'll literally like. He'll literally have to go. I literally have to go to his house to like get it cut. He'll show up like hours late, um, and just like leave in the middle of the haircut. Sometimes, like, so I definitely know the the plight that he goes through. That's very true to like a, a lot. It's of- it's pretty funny and it's also pretty insane too. The next one is someone that's that's very popular because it's the Teddy Perkins episode. It's the highest rated episode on IMDb. It uh, is, and, and it's it's so so basically it's a Darius spinoff episode. So Darius is Lakeith's uh, character. And it's it's him wanting to buy a piano off this crazy weird rich person, but then he discovers that the crazy weird rich it's it's such a weird episode. Um, it, the crazy weird rich person is actually once was a famous musician. Yeah, like um, a Michael Jackson, like a like, Stevie Wonder yeah, type yeah. type Michael Jackson type. Um, but he like bleached his skin in the same way as like Michael Jackson. Exactly. Yeah. So it comes out, and it's and it's actually played by Donald Glover. So the episode is very much like a, a weird dark comedy slash horror yeah i think it's more horror it's a horror episode and it's 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 a horror episode all around the most ridiculous character in the show which makes it even better um but what do you think about this one for um this one's hilarious this one's probably one of my top like top ones um it was not really funny i didn't get it when i first saw it well i did get it but like i was like damn this is this is like really i don't know what the point of like what are you trying to say here you know um but then like i it definitely is a gigantic commentary and again i mentioned the jacksons because uh it very much features that whole element of abuse too like how that's a good famous point. kid act or kid uh performers um are like constantly 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 abused by their parents to like become better be better do better uh and that's the case for uh teddy teddy's character in and of himself and with his brother benny um, who we discover uh, has his own kind of thing and his own kind of place in the story. So again, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, it definitely it's a, it's a very strong commentary on fame while also being like this very uh, uh, this very like spooky kind of um, di- like anti digestible <laughs> version of like the Atlanta formula, you know, um, where you're feeling constantly uncomfortable uh, throughout this entire thing. Um, so, it, but it, again, it's a commentary on on uh, fame, on abuse, parental abuse, child stars, and all that kind of stuff. We see like some flashback footage of like when uh, when there was a younger Benny who was like the bigger artist out of like the two brothers. And again, that's why it makes the the Michael Jackson comparison um, because it's the 
uh, how uh, the Jackson the Jackson Five crew were like really like getting beat by like uh, by Joe Jackson the father. You know what I mean? And he was like really laying into him. And that's the same way we see the Benny character in this in this show. Um, who was like the standout star of like those kids? They don't. A lot of this stuff happens off screen. They just kind of tell you about it, but they show some footage of like a flashback of like when Benny was a kid, like getting beat up by his father, and then Teddy just watching that and like indulging that and just becoming more and more like psychotic uh, as he like looms on like the the this past that he that he once had with his relationship with his with his family. So it's just a very fascinating character study of like fame and stuff like that but also still kind of being a little funny in in his own self yeah and it's Um, oddity i guess yes oddity i didn't i think a lot of people found comedy in it i didn't find comedy in it initially because uh donald Glover actually plays this like white face kind of character um i didn't realize that initially um i told you about it yeah you told me about it and i like i said like on this podcast before i literally didn't know until like the next week after that that was like the real donald glover um but then it, it was just funny how they played that so yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, the Drake Champagne episode is great. And again, another. Commentary. It's all about Instagram. And the Instagram, yeah, taking taking photos for the gram. Um, I um, uh, fun fact, I did the the Spanish version of of uh, Call Me on My Cell Phone song. Uh, you, yeah, that, you, was, that me. was you. Really? That was oh, okay. I did nice. the Mexican. No, I'm playing. Hey, that's funny though. The, the Mexican grandpa that was staying under Drake's house yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That and and. Uh, by the way, uh, I love the fact <laughs> Hotline that... Hotline Bling Spanish Remix by Fuego. Fuego. <laughs> I'm part of Fuego, Fuego guys. Fuego, bro. That's how it is. That's me. Um, yeah, this is a very interesting look at not only the, the Instagram life, how we cling to Instagram uh, to like, you know, for, for cloud or whatever, going to Drake's house and stuff, but it also speaks... Just to get a picture. Yeah, just to get a picture. Um, it, it really is so... Damn, it's so true, man. Like, everything is based on, if I can just get one picture with this celebrity, I swear, mm-hmm. like, that's it. That's what I can do. Especially living in L.A., that's, like, a big thing, too. Right. Yeah, right, it's right, crazy. Right. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's big on that, but it uh, it, it says a lot. I mean, it, it, I know this episode kind of was a little controversial among, like, black Twitter um, in terms of its representation of black women in this episode, how there's that one character that follows around Oh um, yeah, the white the white girlfriend. Yeah, of, of really, I didn't know it was star. controversial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of black women felt pretty offended by like the way they portrayed um, the one, uh, the one, the one character who was like following them. The sure. what, what basically happens in the show is um, Van and her friends all um, go to Drake's house, and then uh, each of the friends go on like their own separate like adventure. So Van goes off just like walking through Drake's house, and then um, one of her friends follows around this white woman who is married to a black actor so we just fall so she's literally just following her around the entire episode and, to, and towards the end of the episode um she starts yelling at the white woman about like about like why like this this story is oh it's like it's it's a, it's a played out story like i don't want to see you know white women with, with black men and all that stuff and then the white woman responds like oh well what if i'm just a good woman and like yeah. i've been with him for for like eight years before he was famous and i was like taking care of him before like he could you know do that and then towards the end of her rant she's like well I don't have eight years to, to blow on somebody or so, or like black girls can't afford to like waste eight years or some shit or something like that. Uh, so it became a very like interesting conversation on, on, on Twitter for a lot of people who felt like, you know, in many ways, uh, Donald Glover was like villainizing, um, the, uh, uh, white women, how they, how they feel. And I think that's interesting considering how we talked about before 
um, how early on in Donald Glover's like mu- music discography, he was very disgruntled towards like black women and towards well towards black culture in general, but particularly towards black women. He would rap a lot about like not being with black girls, you know. Um, and he's married to a white woman as well. Um, a lot of people also, uh, cr- dude, dude, you're breaking news for me. I didn't even know that. Who's yeah, or I don't know if he's married. I don't know if he's married, but he's definitely in a relationship with a, with a white woman, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know exactly who. Uh, a lot of people also say that you know is the, that like a thing within the African American community? Because I know Jordan Peele is too. Yeah, uh, the actor who plays Luke Cage, Mike Coulter, is too. Mm-hmm. Like, is that like? Well, no, it's not. It's not the fact that. Um, it's not the fact that he is, uh, it's not the fact that black men date outside of the race. It's the fact that it is, uh, the fact that black men disrespect the black women, um, in, in a lot of senses. I know that was, that was a big conversation piece actually this weekend really with, uh, with, uh, who, uh, Mimbaku, who, uh, Winston Duke. Winston Duke, Winston Duke right. is actually married to an Asian woman in That's real life. right. And there was uh, a lot of, there was, there was some, Twitter, not high profile Twitter accounts that are trying to drag him. Like, oh, how can, how can, you know, how can all you black women like him if he's like dating, a, if he's married to an Asian woman or whatever? Um, and a lot of like black women responded, like, we could still like somebody who's not dating, um, who's not with a black woman, but they, as long as they're not disrespectful to the uh, African American woman culture or African American women in general. And that's where uh, a lot of people come into hot water where, um, where, 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 particularly with with this, with this, with Donald Glover being um, having a history of of rapping not necessarily positive things about black women, um, with having stand up bits that are not necessarily positive towards black women, a little bit disrespectful, uh, is is read as disrespectful. Coupled with the fact that this episode is actually directed by a, a white woman as well, uh, so there's a lot of different aspects that like that go into um, why that's a little controversial for a lot of people. I mean, I just think it's worth noting. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, but I definitely don't think our date, dating outside, black men dating outside of the race is not a problem for a lot of black women in general. But the problem is when you start disrespecting black women as a result. And I think that's the main case here um, with, uh, with, with why people were a little concerned about this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, it's interesting, too, because ever since... Ever, ever since after Atlanta became big and after because of the internet, um, Donald Glover's position on black culture has shifted uh, quite a bit, uh, significantly, where I think he's starting to um, put out more pro-black shit just in his content. I mean, Awaken My Love is a throwback to like the Luther Vandrosses, the Marvin Gaye's, those like political R&B uh, kind of sounds that are coming out in the 60s and the 70s and the heat of the Vietnam War, um, particularly like the Marvin Gaye um, as well um, with, you know, what's going on. He takes a lot of that like musical, um, he takes a lot of that, that musical kind of fire from that. Again, like with the Luther Vandross, the oldest Reddings of, of the world, he takes a lot of that influence and makes it and updates it into a new digital age while also um, having a lot of songs that are, you know, talking about relevant black issues on that album. You know, The Boogeyman, um, terrified and and baby boy are all songs that um, relate to some way or another to um, um, the plight of like black men in general. So um, he definitely has shown a different direction towards his choices and the way he represents um, the culture. Um, but it's it, you know it's, I, I think it's just a significant point to bring up. So yeah, about I, about this episode at least. It's it's interesting because I, I obviously I'm not a part of that, but it, it's it's so interesting to see how different communities respond to different issues and different things yeah um 
let's finish up with with the last few episodes but at the same time i kind of want to wrap it up a little quick because i don't want to go too long yeah um, um i think it's you know uh the one episode i think i would love to talk about yeah, i was is, gonna say if you want to pick one of the last few it's definitely to talk about. the one uh with uh with the mother situation okay um, that to me is probably it's called woods 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 and that to me is probably one of the most powerful episodes um ever in atlanta um, it's ever done uh, just probably in, in television in general because this episode is so um, powerful in its symbolism about um, the relationship between mother and son and how grieving with the loss of a mother is very important and, 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 and how you choose to deal with that grief is uh, is, is very viable in, in its own kind of way um, and it's you know I mean you know it's based not based but you know uh, uh, a lot of the, the the main star of this episode, Brian um, Tyree Henry, he lost his mother um, quite some time ago. I think it was like about a year ago. Um, so this episode was like uh, almost like a, a a reflection of like that grieving process through the character of Paperboy. Again, it's another example of like the writers kind of blending the lines between like reality and fiction and 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 and, and mixing those two together to make something really personal and honest. And uh, this show kind of, this episode in particular kind of really highlights that just throughout, like highlighting how the grieving process kind of affects us in, in, in our own type of ways. Um, so uh, that's all I really have to say about that. I've, you know, I've experienced some loss early, you know, in the past, re- in the recent weeks. So like, and you know that too. So it's, it's very, it's a very relevant episode for me as well. So it's very, very powerful in the sense that it does communicate what, how grief, how we perceive grief and how we cope with with those circumstances but at the same time how um how how our connection to like our mothers and our parents and our our grandparents in general just means so much to a lot of people so it does yeah, yeah. that's crazy thank you man for sharing that yeah um the one i want to talk about is north of the border yeah 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 because yeah. I, I feel like it's funny as and ridiculous as this episode is it's basically about um how <laughs> they go to perform to a, a predominantly black like university, university and college, well, or at least yeah, at maybe least, not at black, least concert. Yeah, maybe not predominantly black con- uh, university, but definitely a university that uh, you know it's probably like a lot of black people going to the hip hop show there. But yeah, um, it's definitely somewhere set in the south, of course. And we sure. see um, later in the episode, <laughs> yeah, one of the major frat houses that just so happen to live on that campus. So so essentially, it, it's it's funny because it's it, I I think it's commentary in general on different types of aspects whether it's positive or negative is, is another thing but mm. um it is very much that fraternity kind of weird lifestyle but basically mm. shit goes down at a, at a at a concert and and alfred is a, a desperate for for weed um for a joint and he and he happens to find it at a predominantly white fraternity <laughs> as they're currently hazing I've their the newcomers pledges, yeah. the pledgers i guess is what they as call somebody them. who just pledged for i was gonna fraternity. say yeah yeah <laughs> I you didn't do that but basically no. like the, the t- notorious for, for anyone who doesn't know like the pledgers do some crazy shit like they've made movies about it too like yeah. it, it's it's notoriously crazy that the type of shit they do well hazing hazing, hazing. in california is outlawed yeah hazing state. california California, but for other places they go hard yeah. and they've made like movies about how hard they get yeah. um but essentially it's this white fraternity who's currently hazing their their guys and they're like running around naked and shit yeah. and but but at the same time what i think is funny is how they try to relate because it's the whole concept of like the white people loving hip-hop and loving yeah, that. Like, yeah. yo i love your music man yeah. like regardless of their political affiliations their political beliefs 
they're anti this, anti that. They still love it. Oh, your shit, bro. Your shit's yeah, dope, though. I love that hip hop. Well, isn't it's, it's not that, it's that it's that kind of juxtaposition, though. Well, it's not even like just a uh, all predominantly white fraternity. No, it's, it's literally a Confederate flag. Confederate flag, <laughs> like, like pro guns, like pro NRA, gun row, ago, like super yeah. super gun far room. right, super yeah. far right. Yeah, and yet. As far right as you can go, and, and yet, uh, yo, about, the hip hop is dope, yeah, man. Yo, yo, UGK, man. Yeah, I, I love that snap, snap music. No, that scene like, is yeah. the best scene. <laughs> in almost all of Atlanta is like, all right, guys, get up, get up, get up. Yeah. It's time to shake that laffy taffy. Yeah, shake that. and they're like, laffy taffy. oh my god, yeah. that's you don't think that that's scene? Hilarious. No, that's that funny. scene me. freaked me out. I was <laughs> like, yo, this shit's wild. <laughs> um, but essentially, it, it is a commentary on that, and it's a commentary on how. It's crazy how far, as far right as these guys are. It's like a far right fraternity. And yet they're still trying to relate with, with weed and with hip hop. They mm. relate to it. And with Darius' case, it's yeah, guns. guns. And Tracy as well. And Tracy's and guns. And I think that's, and, and, that's really what it's saying is like a lot of times, well, even though we fall opposite on the size of the political spectrum, we're all ultimately the same, the same people. You know what I mean? And not only that, it's also saying like, you know, the Southern relationship between people, even though these guys are literally Confederates who are like probably the super most white supremacist guys in the world, they still like rap and, 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 and weed the same way that black people still like guns, even though black people are supposed to be like the democratic, you know, the you know, live on that side of the fence. But at the end of the day, it's less about politics, it's more about where you're from and where you're, where you're housed in and, and stuff like that. And all these guys just kind of, you know, fucks with the same stuff. So <laughs> Everything you, I was going to say, you said. Yeah, yeah. It's literally what it is. Because really, that, that whole scene with the guns thing, I was like, yeah, at the end of the day, man, black people like guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and white people like guns. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like, yo, shit, you got that dope gun? Yeah, man, check it out. And yeah. it's like it's like the same thing. At yeah. the end of the day, they still relate on that concept. And obviously, it's different spectrums yeah. of, of the field. But at the same time, it's so funny how... As div- as divided as they are, they still like end up talking about the same mm-hmm. shit. And even though it's super awkward, because when they're talking, it's super awkward. Mm-hmm. But it's still a very relevant episode on that hand. Yeah. Um, obviously, the episode ends in a very dark place, and then the next episode is v- very much. I-, I would say it's yeah. a much much more dramatic, much more darker episode oh, as well. The, the Fubu one, the Fubu one, yeah, where it's, it's like a flashback episode. Yeah, that one's very funny in the sense that it very much reflects like the the black high schools and like how how the roasting culture there is like super intense. Like, it is, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 th- this going back to school, man. I hated school, and it, 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 it's. <laughs> so funny how like it reminded me of like i love the scene where the girl passed the notes and he's like do you like erica yes or no yeah and it's yeah. like the most like simple shit but i totally remember that shit back in school yeah. where i was where where we're liking especially like middle school type yeah. times where yeah. you're like liking girls you were like yo i like that girl and you're like 10 yeah it's like it doesn't mean shit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very much like a, a reflection on that and also you're right the roasting culture of of those mm-hmm. schools as mm-hmm. well is, is but at the same time it, it has a very much dramatic moment and dramatic ending yeah 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 again it's the it, and again it just keeps playing with the whole idea of like the uh the comedy feet and then and then going into the consequences of that so um, yeah very potent stuff and then of course the season finale is next week i'm super excited for it i don't know how they're going to end this season there's a yeah. lot of threads that they kind of left open uh, i'm curious how they're gonna end it because they, yeah. they got a lot to live up to um for our thoughts on the season finale follow us on twitter i'm yes. at squad leader ace at rb3 schmoes uh with that we're gonna close up guys but um i want to hear your thoughts on the this is america yes. song and music video first yeah. of rb3 uh because because i saw this over the weekend and it was i thought it was 
fire. I thought it was dope. Yeah. Uh, what do you think on this? Uh, this is probably one of the both, most... Both, the song and the music video. Well, you know, like I said, uh, Donald Glover has definitely adopted a more pro-black stance and like a lot of his stuff. Uh, and again, it's it's a very wide change. I remember when he did an uh, interview with Charlemagne back in like 2013, and uh, he would say things like he was looking to be like white people rich and stuff like that, you know? So he very... Back in the day, he very much had like a whiter kind of like, uh, I guess not viewpoint, but like more of, that was more of his perspective. Now he's looking at things from like the black angle and making art and entertainment from that. Um, so this, this, this song, the song for one, it opens with like this kind of like Afro-Caribbean kind of like, um, happy kind of, you know, um, African influence type of, type of, type of song. Um, but then it, it immediately pops off with the gunshot and like how this is America for a lot of black people, like the, 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 the uh, carrying the pistols, um, staying banging, you know, surviving on your own is, is that for people and how, uh, and how the conflation of gun violence among, um, black, black men and women, or mostly black men, um, is conflated with the same kind of conflicts of like mass shootings and and uh, and horrible tragedies of, of of like gun violence throughout the country. Um, we see that from the very beginning when he's wearing he's he's evoking he's wearing just pants and and with no shirt. Um, immediately, kind of evoking the uh, kind of uh, flipped around look of like the 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 guy who just shot up the Waffle House recently, um, with who famously who I guess not famously but like came in and killed four people and like without wearing pants, just a shirt, just a basic fucking white guy. But it's like it's a flip on that, you know. Instead of like no, sh- instead of like no pants and being white, he's wearing no shirt and being black, and how that kind of flips around the conversation somewhat. Um, the video starts with him killing somebody, and then immediately with like as he's talking about this is America you know rapping these bars about contraband drug dealing all this type of shit he got like students behind him um, again like another reflection of like all the mass school shootings that's been happening um, as of recently um, including Parkland including Sandy Hook including um, Caliban uh, um, Caliban uh, including Columbine and all this kind of stuff too. Um, a lot of other imagery they present in this. He, you know, there's also that scene of the choir singing and then That's he comes That's also in. commentary on the... Uh, yeah, on the church shootings with Dylan, Dylan Roof who killed nine people um, back in 2015 and uh, the... The church and and uh, and um, and First Baptist Church and and North in North Carolina, Charleston, North Carolina. There's also uh, the church shooting that happened recently in in, uh, in Sutherland, Texas. Um, I think Sutherland Springs, Texas, where 26 people were killed in the church as well. So it's again, it's a lot of commentary that's being said here. A lot of ample stuff that's like very important, very relevant. I feel like um, to the whole culture and discussion of gun violence um, and how. The riots that are happening in the background are kind of similar, not similar, but kind of evoke the the kind of uh, spat, the, the sporadic um, riots that are happening as a result of like police brutality and the Black Lives Matter movement and Ferguson and all that kind of stuff. Not Black Lives Matter movement because Black Lives Matter is not like the protests and the riots, but that's just more of the activism side of it. Um, but it's just it's just so it's just so powerful and, and relevant. There's so many different layers and themes throughout that music video. It's crazy. Like even yeah. you can even argue the ending when he's gonna be chased by the crowd and by the mm-hmm. mob. And it, there, there's so many different layers to it that it's definitely interesting for sure. When he's dancing on the cars, the empty cars, and um, the lyrics of the of the music video, the dances he chooses to do, like everything is very much layered and. Yeah, uh, he he does the block boy. Uh, as soon as <laughs> he did that, lot. I was like, I'm in. I love it. I'm in. As soon as like, watch me. 
And he's like doing that. Yeah, little, yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm in, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when he's like dancing with them and, and uh, the dances he chooses to do are pretty funny too. I think that's even relevant within itself. Like even even that, that episode I just talked about, North of the Border, when they're doing the little snap. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're into snap music. Remember yeah. when that was the shit? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you, because when I was in high school, that was the shit. Yeah. You, when you were probably like five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, that was in high school. Laffy time. Uh-huh. And that's like that, the snapping. Time. Like that snapping yeah. was like the shit. Um, um, but then this one, I think is also a commentary on i mean most of the actual rap lyrics aren't really saying much and i think that's but he's he's saying like he's he's basically saying watch me move yeah I'm exactly so cool. exactly I'm so exactly i'm and so that, dope and that's exactly what it is it's the whole rap image thing of like how we put on this image i think that's why he was doing like the black boy dance the all this kind of stuff like how uh it's it's it's, it's like how these lyrics are kind of glorifying um, killing and shooting and, and drug violence and I'm sorry, a drug dealing and, and gun violence, um, but it's popularized and 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 seen through the eyes of the media as being like this, um, you know, kind of positive thing. Not positive thing, but like um, it's presented in a way through through rap music. Uh, it's like idolized through rap music, to say the least. So. Sure. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, I recommend you guys check out the music video. It's on YouTube if you haven't seen it already. Yeah. Uh, I recommend Childish Gambino. I recommend Atlanta. I recommend Donald Glover. I recommend going out to see Han Solo to support. Hey man, we got we gonna do we're gonna do do we should just do a whole lead up to this man. Like we should do Phil Lord and Chris Miller next week. Oh shit! Uh, you want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> and then like the week the movie comes out, we do Ron Howard. Yeah. And do the spoiler review for for Soul. This yeah. is usually shit we talk about off camera, but no, I'm, I mean, I'm that's okay. a good idea. You that's know a, that's mean? a fun idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep following us on the social medias. Uh, yeah, I want I wanted to talk about SNL. We unfortunately ran out of time, guys. I recommend you guys go check out his SNL skits. There's actually yeah. a lot of skits that are very much socially conscious as well, and have a lot to say about current American culture which is always relevant and it's always interesting to hear different people's opinions. So be positive guys, be a light unto the world and we will be a light unto you. I just made that up, but it's all good. (laughs) And with that, that's the meaning of podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. Leave us comments. Let us know what is your favorite childish Gambino song. What's your favorite episode of Atlanta? What's your favorite moment in Atlanta? Because there's a lot of fun moments that we probably didn't touch on. Uh, what about community, too? Oh, like, community. Yeah. Uh, I still love the second paintball episode. That's such... <laughs> that's like yeah, my that was favorite. Great. Didn't the Russo Brothers direct that one? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the sec- yeah. I mean, the first one's funny and cool, but the second one, they just like, stepped it up. Yeah. Like, it feels it's like literally an like an movie. action yeah, movie. Yeah. It's like 21 Jump Street where it's funny. Uh, and they, they have like... Uh, it's super like Suicide Squad, too, where they have yeah. title cards yeah, come out. Exactly, where it's like, yeah. shoo, camera pan, and then... Like Creed, like kill these people, like Creed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's probably my all-time favorite uh, Community episode. Uh I think it's season two or season two or three. Season three, yeah. Um, One of them. But that's that. That episode's hysterical. There's a lot of other funny ones too. I love the one where they're talking about NBC's The Cape. (laughs) Shout out to anyone who saw. (laughs) I remember back when superheroes were. That was the one. That was the one superhero show we had at that time. (laughs) That was. I literally remember that show. They were like, we're gonna bring superheroes. to TV and it's like yeah. the cape. And it was like the <laughs> super dark dreary. Like, <laughs> it's a guy who just flips a cape yeah. and catches shit. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like practicing catching shit with his cape. Yeah. And Abed like, Ab- 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 is like super yeah. into it. Yeah. And what's his face? Joe McHale is like making fun of him for it. Yeah. That one's funny too. Um, six seasons in a movie, guys. Yeah. Um, favorite Atlanta moment, Atlanta episode, Donald Glover moment, Donald Glover uh, song, Childish Gambino. 
Shout out to Childish. I, I could have gone into like a bunch of Childish music stuff because like I have favorite lyrics and stuff like that. But unfortunately, like I said before, we ran out of time. And with that, that's the meaning of podcast, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. Share, comment, like, support the homies because we're the homies. And we consider you guys homies too. Uh, and with that, that will be all for the meaning of podcast. And we are peace out, guys. Peace out.